This is Unfilter, episode 215 for November 30th, 2016. Criminals! You guys are criminals! Go get your money somewhere else! We're standing at the construction site of the Dakota Access Pipeline. It looks like there are at least three bulldozers that are, to people's surprise at this moment, uh, actually bulldozing the land. Welcome to the last Unfilter of the month. This is Unfilter, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chase. That guy over there is uh, is Chris. You get me every time, buddy. You're I, like, what? I didn't get the memo. What are you talking about? Well, man? that's gonna save me a lot of time. And, and, and by the way, Chris, you know we are your official source of fake news, so we just want to let you guys know. Good. I'm glad. Yes, yes. That's going to save us more time, too. That's how we make the show sustainable and profitable, is uh, we just make up all the news. That's right. Brilliant! Uh, just want to let everybody know, this segment of the show is brought to you by Logitech Cameras. They provide the best cameras in the world. Thank you, Logitech. Where did you pull that out of? What did you look down at? Some mouse somewhere? <laughs> right, right, right. And then the camera Yeah, over okay. There. Fair enough. Yeah, well, so uh, this week, uh, we're going to talk about, you probably guessed it from the intro, uh, Standing Rock. The, yeah, uh, what's going on in Dakota? And it's not really yeah. getting very much coverage, uh, but the uh, Dakota, well, I don't even know if it's fair to call them the Dakota protests, but there is a huge situation going on that's been really spiraling out of control for months now. Yeah. And uh, we finally have a chance to talk about it. But, you know, Chase, we also do have some fake news. We've got some... We got the cyber. We got some stuff coming out of Syria we got to talk about. Okay. And then uh, we got a little recount stuff, but not much. And then we're going to wrap it all up with a high note. Fair enough. Yeah. Sounds good. You want to do a little cyber? Let's do the cyber. ASL, man. Ayo. All right. So our first one, of course, has to be about Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday kept its crown today as the busiest online shopping day of the year. Sales are expected to top $3 billion, and that is up 9% from last year. But buyer beware, one in four shoppers claims to have been hacked in the last 12 months. Here's Anna Werner. One in four, Chase. Dan Barker and his wife use mobile phone apps to make their shopping quick and easy. I have a busy job and, and I'm busy with our kids a lot, so <laughs> I use Amazon Prime a lot and I use Plug. other websites in order to do a lot of my shopping. One out of three major retailers now has their own app, but it turns out criminals are creating them too. Uh-oh. Fake apps in the names of real companies <gasps> like Dillard's, Payless, even Christian Dior. Can I, can I talk no to the reporter here for a second? What do, you, what do you need? Yeah. I want to talk to her and say, you know, this uh, fake app, uh, app thing has been happening for a while. Just do a search for Word in the App Store and, and tell me what you get. You know, name me a name me a major industry that doesn't have knockoffs. You got oh, yeah. you got knockoff websites obviously, but all the time. Look at the handbag industry. Oh, look yeah. at the cell phone industry. Yeah. You can walk the streets in New York and you can see the craziest ripoffs. You can yeah. go downtown Seattle and you can go to like some of the quote-unquote markets and you can get total rip-off iPhones. They're not real iPhones. They're Android devices. But yeah. there's been knockoffs forever. So there's oh, nothing yeah, totally. new to this. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it's there's clear branding. There's a clear IP process, and yeah. Apple is more than happy to pull down apps. 
So it really is it's sort of the weakest argument they could be going with. But yeah. they got to scare you some, well, somehow just, for Cyber just, Monday. They're just hoping someone gets tripped up and they accidentally download instead of the Dillard's app, they download the Dill app. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can't have a good Cyber Monday without a little fear. Dillard's no. pay less even Christian Dior. There's no reviews for this app. That's a red flag. The problem was discovered by a company that creates legitimate what? apps. Wait. All right. I, I have a problem with this. The problem. Saying, oh, there's no reviews. The problem. Uh, before you go, to catch this last part. Discovered by a company that creates legitimate apps. So the oh. problem is discovered by probably like this. You go to them and say, I'd like to have an app, and they crank you out an app. Right. And so if you discover it all of a sudden that your brand has a fake app, you could go to them and they could bang one out for you. Yeah, but but then, then the next story is going to be, you can't trust apps in the app store. Look at all these fake reviews, you know, that, that prop up the app. So it's like you... You can't win either way. It's stupid. It's true. For this app. That's a red flag. The problem was discovered by a company that creates legitimate apps, Branding Brand, CEO Chris Mason. For every single retail brand you can imagine that you'd see their name on the map of a mall, there is a fake app for that company. Look at this guy. be dozens. Isn't that guy, didn't he have a face? (laughs) He looks so pretentious. Didn't didn't he have a face you wanted to smack? Look at that guy. Everybody's got a fake app. Every, every brand My cat's see. got a fake app. Hey, you idiot. You know what the mall's like? You know those brands you see in the mall? Yeah. And I, you know, I'm see. not one to make fun of physical appearance, but I'm really trying to grow out this mustache. <laughs> Look at that thing. Look at that face. I mean, the reason why I mentioned that is because <sighs> sincerity comes across yeah. in your facial expressions. And I, I it, mean, was this on CBS this morning or is this the evening? News? I, uh, this, uh, this was, I think it was the morning news. If and this I was forgotten. morning, this would cause me to change the channel. I, you like, know, I don't want to look at this guy. You know, what has, you know what I'm thinking? You know what I'm thinking is this guy is getting consulted by the same gal or guy that's consulting Ted Cruz because he's got that <laughs> Ted Cruz sincerity. Their name on the map of a mall. There is a fake app for that company. In fact, there could be dozens. I even hear a little Ted Cruz in there. <laughs> I can hear Ted Cruz saying that. The internet is a series of tubes. Hey, wait. My name's on the screen. Was it? Yeah. If you go uh, just a few frames back. <laughs> this is our worst clip ever. I know. This is, this is okay, terrible. Okay. So, this so is the first back clip. to Ted Cruz. So watch. Watch Ted. Could be dozens. And hold. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's all right. Don't worry about it. It was a chase app. I want to like go back by it's like right, one frame, but I can't do it. Don't, I don't, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm using MPV here, and it wants to jump. It's, it's Linux. Don't worry about it. It's Linux. Wow. Now I got to do it. All right. There it is. Yeah, right there, top left, Chase. Did you make me do all that work for the effing Chase Bank app? Yeah, because you see, it's my it's my fake app. You see, Unbelievable. oh yeah, oh, oh. yeah, dozens. The goal for the crooks to get your personal data. Gary Molesky of cybersecurity firm Snoopwall. Was that? Did she just say Molesky? <laughs> when they type in their what's wrong their, with uh, username, their <laughs> password, and put in all their credit card information, those counterfeit apps are stealing all that information from you. But wouldn't I notice if I was using that app that hey, it didn't work? Uh huh. Some of these counterfeit apps are so good they give you a complete shopping cart experience. Everything through the congratulations, here's your order number, it's on its way. And then you never get the goods. They're not the only risk. Malevsky also warns against popular emoji keyboards, Whoa. which had hundreds of those cute oh my faces. God. There's so much fail in this clip. Are you talking because they're overlaying iOS on an Android phone or is it something yeah. else? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. that's pretty egregious. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And, in you know, uh, I was thinking, you know, the fake website phenomenon is so much worse than the fake, uh, like... Uh, 
especially if you're looking for websites to buy expensive gear with Bitcoin, like you can never tell if the site's legitimate or not. Like that's a real right. problem that I was dealing with this morning. <laughs> okay, this fake app thing with the, with the Play Store and the Apple App Store is yeah. not a real issue. No, it's not. Many, he says, can also get access to your personal information on some phones, possibly even passwords. Well, the best way to avoid being tricked by a fake app, experts say, Nora, is to go to the retailer's own website and click on the link to the app store from there. So it was the morning news, and uh, it's pretty bad, right? So, okay. So that's 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 uh, Cyber Monday one. All right. Now let's move to a story that you probably actually heard. I I haven't seen a lot of television coverage about this, but I've seen a lot of coverage in the tech press about this next story. Okay. Muni hacked the cyber attack that is giving passengers free rides all over San Francisco. Good evening. I'm Brian Hackney. And I'm Betty Yu. Our Kate Kogarin is at the Embarcadero station where the fare gates are wide open tonight. What? Wide open. Well, Betty, a source with SFMTA who did not want to go on camera told me that. I love those. I love I love how we single source and we don't have to cite anymore. Uh, not to get, not to, to make well, this no, two she, episodes she, about she, fake she, news. Well, she got a, a source, but they didn't want to go on camera. That doesn't mean that they're not a source just because they don't want to be on camera. I agree, but you know what I would love then is double source it. Like if your source isn't willing to go on the record, double source it. Even if they're both anonymous, double well, source no, it. No, I don't think she said that. She, they were willing to go on the record. They just didn't want to go on camera. Okay, all right. If they're willing to, okay. Okay. Yeah, there's a difference. All right. I agree. If they're willing to go on the record, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's at that. If she got that, then that's a step above what they do on CNN. <laughs> really, right? Well, this is local news. They're let's, better. Let's see. I, if she, yeah. Okay. Well, Betty, a source with SFMTA who did not want to go on camera told me that the okay. system yeah. actually has been hacked for days and riders have been able to get unused Muni for free. Well, this is what SFMTA is officially confirming, though. They say that the Muni computer system has been hacked, but it has not affected any of the services. A spokesperson with the transit agency says it is an ongoing investigation. Meanwhile, riders will notice a few things. The metro gates at several stations are wide open right now and the system is not reading any payment cards when we were down in the embarcadero station just a few minutes ago we saw that the ticket sales kiosks were also out of service i think it's terrifying i really do if they can start doing this so what's what is terrifying about this the free the free rides um in fact if anything i think this is extremely encouraging this is exactly how it should go the consumer gets a free ride while they work out their back-end system that they didn't properly secure. Yeah. The trains and all of the other systems are completely 100% unaffected. Correct. Safety has not been compromised in any way. Yes. Consumers have not only been not inconvenienced, but their day probably just got a little bit brighter. So it's a brilliant brilliant execution on all levels. You know, this is... There's nothing scary about this. But here's the funny... This was perfect. But here's the funny thing about this. This is not the first time, though. Uh... I'm I'm originally from California, so I I kind of still follow the news locally down there, and Muni, uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, transit provider down there. Uh, so you know they have these electronic cards, you know, fare cards, kind of like what we have up here called the Orca card, where you know you can just tap and you go on and get on the train or whatever. Well, down there, the the technology was hackable. I hate using the word hack, but basically, someone developed an app, an Android app developer that had a uh, RFID reader on their phone. And what they were able to do is tap their 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 card, uh, and basically 
clear out their rides on their car to, to get more rides. This is this is a this is a separate inc- incident or this one? Well, no, it was a separate incident okay, that yeah. happened a couple of years ago. So right. it's like this isn't the first time. And a lot of these municipalities, instead of you know upping their security and, and doing what they need to do, they just go, yeah, we fixed it, or they kind of patch it or whatever. But they don't really overhaul the entire thing. I <laughs> like Dan in the chat room says, "Here's the real scary thing." They're going to up the rates to uh, make up for the hacking money. <laughs> so they no, can no, 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 Dan, 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 you don't understand. They don't up the rates. What they do is they go to the taxpayer that pays uh, the uh, taxes and liens on your house and everything like that. That's where they're going to get you. What I'm not clear on, and I do need to read this more, yeah, uh, I yeah, was, I've been looking for uh, audio coverage and video coverage. Obviously, I had to go to local KPIX to get yep. it. San Francisco. Um, but I want to know, are we just talking about a DDoS against the payment processor? No, no, it wasn't a DDoS or anything like that. And it wasn't a payment process either because they were able to uh, not only mess around with uh, the fare gates and ticket machines, but they were also able to do other things too. Oh, okay. So, so it's more significant. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, this uh, is just a little bit left on this report. No, out of service. I think it's terrifying. I'm scared. I really do. If they can start doing this, you know, here... We're not safe anywhere. Actually, also, I just want to mention. Oh, you're right, Zentox. It was crypto ransom. You're right. Uh, what was? Uh, the, uh, so uh, some of their systems, the Muni systems, were uh, uh, they were ransomized. The computers. Yeah, and they were requiring uh, a Bitcoin to uh, and money to uh, release them. Hmm. I'm going to read more about this. Yeah. Uh, so also, I just want to say the other thing that I think this demonstrates, and I don't know if I mentioned this clearly enough, is I think this demonstrates that. They have properly architected their network in such a way that the things that are responsible for making the train go were disconnected from the internet. Right. And they weren't affected by the hack. Correct. Uh, so I think it also demonstrates that under fire, the architecture was designed either intentionally or unintentionally in such a way that the primary equipment to do the thing to move the citizens from point A to point B is unaffected. Got I think, it. again, not scary. Actually, very, very <laughs> promising. But, yes. she, but she doesn't know that. I guess. You know, here. We're not safe anywhere. Like, is this like part of Black Friday deal or something? I have no idea. Like, I didn't know like it was out of like service. SFMTA says they are working to resolve this issue as soon as possible. The hack does more than just affect riders, but SFMTA employees as well. My source tells me employees right now aren't sure if they're going to get paid this week. Now, my source also said the hack affected the email system. No word on who might be behind the hack or what the hacker or hackers want in return. Again, SFMTA is only confirming that there has been a hack and they are working to resolve this issue. Reporting live in San Francisco, Kate Cogier and KPIX five. Kind of interesting, though. Pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to read more about it. I, I wonder if we. W- I wouldn't be so surprised if we have some coverage in TechSnap. A uh, little fake news, just a little bit. I don't have a lot this week. I don't mind the fake news. I, just, I, I got a clip. All I right. got. I've been finding it fascinating to watch uh, RT sort of have to struggle and squirm <laughs> with all of this fake news, Russia propaganda stuff because they, you can tell they they feel compelled to respond to it, but they want to do it in a very newsy way, and it's fascinating to watch this this period. For this media company. Fake news has become a trending topic over the last few weeks amid claims that media outlets are awash with fabricated stories. Trump's surprise success in the US elections has even been linked to false reports emanating from Russia. The Washington Post claims that it has the proof, but it turns out that its article is full of fakes itself. Artie Zagorpiskanov delved into the story. Just a quick update. Uh, <laughs> 
you see do you see the uncle uh, uh uncle free in the chat room there saying that it was the IT guy that downloaded the malware <laughs> oh my god on the last oh that's uh, bad uh, probably a temp <laughs> fake news has become increasingly maddeningly disturbingly popular the pope endorsing trump fake there's so much active misinformation clinton linked to crimes committed by anthony weiner also fake <laughs> fake news everybody's talking about it now even the trendsetters it has everything to grab your attention propaganda in the headlines and rt is the main perpetrator it appears this is how the Washington Post sees it being done. Increasingly sophisticated this propaganda is interesting. machinery. Look, it goes behind. And it's interesting because they're talking about RT being the propaganda machine. And so he's like, here, look at the machine. And first of all, do you notice there's smoke in the background? That's kind of interesting. I don't know huh. what that's about. But he walks around here and you actually get to see like the whole RT production setup. It's a, it's a shared set, Chris. Uh, they're also doing a movie on the other side. <laughs> Teams of paid human trolls, entire networks of websites and social media accounts. Thousands of bots, all aimed at penetrating and undermining democracy. So he just actually showed you the entire RT setup there. Because I've seen it once before. And uh, wow. uh, so this is it. This is this is the big bad RT. Um, they have a room. They got a newsroom. And then they have, it's literally right next to the set, and they can open and close the door. They can also put a screen where that big opening is, kind of like you can do on the bridge of the Enterprise. Uh, that smoke, by the way, I believe is uh, Putin's cigar room, and um, <laughs> it's actually another set. Uh, and uh, they, oop, 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 oop. it's going kind of quick. Is it being done. Increasingly sophisticated propaganda machinery, teams of paid human trolls. Entire- so over to his right was real-time production. Behind him is the uh, crew and where the people work. And That's their standard workstation. You got office people back there in the back enclosed yeah. room. You got you got probably support staff or whatever here on the left. They're monitoring news stations there. On yeah, the they got the different television stations. They got they got like a microphone and a sound booth over there for doing voiceovers. And social yep. media accounts. Thousands of bots all aimed at penetrating and undermining democracy. That's the whole RT setup. It's 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 as sophisticated uh, or maybe even less so than a local news station. Yeah. And this is Russia's big propaganda mouthpiece. And I would say it's probably less sophisticated than uh, a large metro area local news. Correct. But no matter how many times one may repeat the word propaganda in an article, and it's 20 in this case, yes, we count it. Perhaps it's the Washington Post itself that's been spreading fake news. Take their line about RT using the crooked Hillary hashtag. Guess what? We didn't. Ah, They actually followed up on that too. So that's been interesting to watch RT sort of have to... Move well, around and try to make themselves sound like they're not the bad guy. Well, I think they're still pissed off about what happened at the State Department. And, yeah, they are. And, you know, it's one of those situations I agree. where it's like, well, hey, why, why are you throwing us under the bus? Yeah. And, you know? and in some ways it's obvious because they are a mouthpiece. Of course. But I think what I, – if I, if I was a betting man, I think what pisses them off is that everybody knows that all of the corporate media is also just as bought and paid for. That's true. And I think that's probably what really pisses them off is you're going to call us a mouthpiece. You're going to come after yeah. us. Oh, yeah. We Here actually we report on stuff that you never even talk about. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Like, you know, you look at the uh, the Dakota Pipeline protests that oh, are going yeah. on. Barely any stuff being covered in the mainstream media about it. A little bit, yeah. but not nearly as much as on other news outlets. Uh, breaking news, Chris, you are a betting man because you bet steak dinner that Hillary uh, would win. We got to make good on that soon. Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. Weekends are tough because I always got the kids. Don't worry, Chris. I I just like having that trump card around. Have you ever? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) have you ever had a sous vide steak before? I've heard. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, but no, I haven't. Did it for the first time earlier this week. I would say I know it doesn't look appealing, but does it taste appealing? You know what we did is we finished it in uh, some butter, fried. We fried it up and some butter on the on the stove. Give it some color. Yeah, to to sort of crisp the outside to give it some bite. Yeah. Um, so my lady says it was the best steak she's ever had. Really? I think it was the best steak I've had this year. And the reason why that really impressed me is, first of all, the sous vide is, uh, I got the Jewel, which is a really cool one that uh, uh, you just, you know, you just, you can look at the picture on your phone of what color you want the meat and what you want it to look like. And, and you just do it. And it's actually a video and you just tap it and the, the Jewel turns on and it cooks it for like an hour. I'll have to look that up. But what's crazy, it was just some like discount ribeye. I got from Hagen's. Like, I didn't go to Savannah Meats. I didn't go somewhere super fancy and get it go go to my butcher. I just was like, well, let's try out this new sous vide cooker night, so I'll grab a piece of meat. It's the Jewel. That's it right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yep, that's yeah. it. Yep. And uh, it was the best piece of meat ever. I think I'm going to do a couple videos on it. I'm going to get one for the studio so I can bring my – you can just bring my lunch in a, in a Ziploc bag and then throw it in the Jewel. And the Jewel can be turned on remotely. It's so cool, Chase. Oh, wow, dude. It's, it's pretty – This anyway. looks cool. Anyways, yeah, little diversion there. Yeah, uh, so right. let's talk. Let's get back to uh, let's get back to the news. All right. So I want to talk about the situation in Syria. We do this every single week, and there's two clips I'm going to play for you, and uh, it's fascinating to see their perspectives and really their spin. So the first, we'll start with a clip from Western media. Now to this very serious subject, tens of thousands of people who have been displaced in Syria as pro-government forces advance into the war-torn city of Aleppo, which has been the site of heartbreak and devastation and death for months and months. The government quickly seizing the rebel-held areas. In- so the government seized the rebel-held areas. Now, remember, used, when they use rebels, uh, back that, or I'm sorry, swap that in your in your mind for U.S. backed forces. U.S. is sort of a loose term. It's really sort of NATO backed. Um, and uh, so remember, when we're talking rebels, we're talking our guys, the guys we've been arming, the moderates. That we're talking our guys when we're talking rebels. So the Syrian government's kicking our guys' ass right now. Well, not our. You know what I mean. Government quickly seizing the rebel-held areas in an assault that has killed. Dozens and dozens and hundreds, really, of people. John Huddy. All right, so uh, there is uh, the Fox News take on it. Now here is the Russian take on it. Welcome back to the news here on RT America. The Syrian army has made major advances in several districts in eastern Aleppo. You see how the narrative is spun. Now it's now it's the Syrian army, not not the regime. Right, is the Syrian army making advances? Advances Mm. are good. You see, you hear how all this, it's, it's a totally yeah. different perspective. Over the weekend, a total of 10 districts were taken back from rebel forces. Taken back. Right. The latest development comes as pro-government and Kurdish forces continue to advance into other rebel-held areas, which force hundreds of civilians to flee. We get the story in reaction from RT's Lizzie Phelan in Syria tonight. Now, that's interesting. So one of the other things that's unique about RT's reporting is um, they have a reporter in Syria. So I want to show you this because they're showing these civilians that are escaping. When, so what's, one of the things that's happening 
uh, well, the first one's extremely disgusting is as the rebels are leaving, they're shooting at civilians. Our guys. <sighs> Our guys. Shooting at suit. It's shitty. I got a clip in here. I just didn't oh, want to play it. Oh, man. Uh, but uh, then you see – so then supposedly when the uh, Russian government and the Syrian government and the Kurds are getting in there, they're letting, they're letting civilians get out. So the rebels are supposedly holding civilians because that gives them more leverage and the government's letting civilians get out. And so watch this video. Out of all of the footage that Russia Today could have shown – of course, they show footage of developments children. over the weekend. Pro-government forces, uh, along with Kurdish forces, have managed to retake neighborhoods in the rebel-held eastern uh, east of Aleppo. We're seeing reports of thousands of civilians that have managed to escape uh, those besieged rebel-held neighborhoods. But it looks as though the government forces retaking these areas has enabled those civilians who wanted to leave to do so. And and it, and now that they have that option, we're seeing thousands that have chosen to do so. You know, with all of Putin's funding, you think they could get uh, a little better sound <laughs> proofing. Jeez, man, that is just the worst. Uh, a big ISIS plot has been discovered. Big plot. Chilling new information tonight from a top coalition commander who says several ISIS plots to attack the West have been discovered. Oh, British General Rupert Jones tells reporters the plans are in tens of thousands of ISIS documents and digital files captured after the terror group was driven out of the Syrian city of Menbej this summer. Oh, I guess they must not have been using that custom ISIS encryption. General Jones says, quote, a huge amount of intelligence gathered in Menbej related to threats in Europe and elsewhere. Oh, elsewhere. Tonight, reports say a special unit of the coalition is searching those captured phones, maps, laptops and hard drives for more information about plots. You know, you can't, you know, I... We just played two very boring, very bland, very cheap RT clips. Right. And now we're playing this highly produced CNN where the guy's essentially shouting into the microphone. They're using stupid filters to make the footage look like it's more prehistoric. Clips from everywhere. Yeah. Shots of guns and missiles. Yeah. It's just it's, Toyotas. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk about propaganda and fake news. Yeah, I, and, and again, I say I don't mean to overemphasize this on these shows, but I think sometimes if you've ever edited video, this stuff stands out because all of these are intentional creative choices are that are being made. None and all of it has an intent, like why they're even showing this particular thing at this particular moment on the screen. All of it is intentional. Why does this thing have what's that called when you have the, the black? Uh, what's that called when you have the, oh, the effect around there? Uh, I, I know Vignetting. You, yeah. That, that vignetting effect they have. They also have like a blur filter on here and they're adding grain and they have a sort of it – has, it's a little more um, – uh, uh, it's a little they, – Yeah, they change the sound just it's a like little an insta- bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like they, they're like applying like an Instagram type yeah. filter to the video to give it more like a sepia tone and they're making it look lower tech. Why are they doing that? Why are they doing all of to this? To make it more rustic, to put you in the atmosphere, to make you feel what's going on. To make it more compelling? Yeah. Tonight, reports say a special unit of the coalition is searching those captured phones, maps, laptops. I actually think it's to disorient you. And I think it's to cover up how cheap the video is because it's like cheap camera phone video. And so like they, they've even applied a blur effect in the corners. And you, and you notice you can tell they're applying it over other people's videos because, look, here's an Al Jazeera logo here. And then the it's next clip. Those captured phones, maps. See, it goes there and then it goes here in a moment. It goes to there. Oh, I guess that was an Al Jazeera logo. Then it goes. You see how that you see how that that flag is totally grayed out. Oh, yeah. Because they've not only have they applied a vignette, but they've applied a blur filter to the shot. 
laptops, and hard drives for more information about plots. Analysts say they need to move fast because ISIS will. When they know that they have um, lost some of their human intelligence or their signals intelligence or their digital intelligence, Anything that they have got in the pipeline in terms of terrorist attacks, they like to speed up. What are intelligence officials looking for in the captured ISIS plans? You can actually pinpoint the individuals who have gone to the battlefront and have gone back. And so intelligence services can actually see these see this information and then arrest the people before they can really do anything bad. More attacks. Intelligence officials had been crowing since Menbej was taken from ISIS, saying the city close to Syria's border with Turkey was crucial to ISIS's plots to launch operations outside Syria and Iraq. It was a place where a lot of the foreign fighters were located and Brennan. external operations, some of them were generated there. General Jones's information on ISIS plots comes to... And then they put that stupid music in the background. Yeah, the, the soundtrack that we've heard. Which is, if that's their problem Propaganda, if that's their call, if that's their message, the, the music that encourages their soldiers, why are you playing it? Yeah. That music is supposed to be the call to arms, right. right? Why are you playing it? If you are supposedly don't want to propagate their message, why but are you, you are propagating the, your message. You're playing their yeah. you're playing their song and showing their footage. Over and over and over and over again. Some of them were generated there. General Jones's information on ISIS plots comes just days after five suspects were taken into custody in the French cities of Strasbourg and Marseille. Prosecutors say they'd been directed by ISIS operatives in the Middle East to attack France. A travel alert was then issued, warning Americans to be careful at holiday festivals in Europe. As ISIS loses territory, it has to show that they are still an incredibly potent, successful organization. This is all just total rancid speculation, and the news just plays it as if it's... Anyways, really quick, uh, just a couple, two more clips about... Actually, one more clip, and then we'll have more in the overtime. One more clip about ISIS. Go Shep, except it's not Shep. President-elect Donald Trump's oldest son held talks in Paris last month about the possibility of working with Russia to end the war in Syria. That's according to the Wall Street Journal newspaper, citing people who said they were at the meeting. Donald Trump Jr. reportedly met with pro-Russian diplomats, politicians, and businessmen. The president-elect has said he would be willing to cooperate with Russian President Vladimir Putin and wants to see a new day in relations. Well, why not? Because they just got Aleppo back. They're obviously kicking ass. I mean, why call it? Let's get out of Syria. Let's stop funding these maniacs. Let's stop sending them Toyotas. Let's work <laughs> with them. Yeah. Let's work with Russia. Let us. I mean, I don't understand. Maybe it's because of the whole pipeline thing. Maybe they can't let Assad stay in power. It's I don't all know. about the money, Chris. That's what it really comes down to. Maybe it is, Chase. Yeah, Maybe it it's all about that good old show me the money. Show me the money. I don't understand it. To be honest with you, I think it's a it's a it's a horrible situation. And I wonder if we're going to see a big change once Trump comes into office. You know, a lot of speculation around the people he's putting in into different cabinet positions. A lot of speculation about Mount, around Mitt Romney. We're going to play some of that coming up in uh, later on in the show. But I think we should probably transition to the uh, Dakota Pipeline stuff. Yeah. I think that's Which is not getting much coverage. I mean, no. it's getting a little, but not no. a lot. So let's talk about how you can support the show and keep us yeah. talking about topics like this and other important ones. That would be our Patreon page at patreon.com slash unfilter. We're crowdfunded and we – we like this model because it, it makes us focus on the content. It makes us focus on the news stories and the things that we think our listeners want to know about, not the crazy thing that we can put in the headline, not how do we chop this show up into a thousand pieces so we can get 50,000 YouTube views. That's not what we worry about because that's not the priority of the show. The priority of the show is to make the 522 people who support us at patreon.com slash unfilter. 
happy. And then That's if right. you become a, if you become a supporter, you'll get access to the supporter sync. I think at like three dollars. I can't remember two dollars. Two dollars is that really it? Uh, no, no. Two dollars is the minimum. Five dollars gets you in. I was going to say we put a lot of work into yeah, that sync. Five dollars gets you. And we're you. watching Libre Sync. Maybe I would think I would hope in 2017 we'll move over to Libre Sync, which would be a great time for people to jump on, help us become part of the swarm to distribute all of the clips. And you know what's so awesome is we still get notes from people telling us how they use those in such cool and various ways. Sweet. I really like that, and it's a great way to help distribute the archive, the source code of the Unfiltered program. Uh, there's a 33 Club where you can get your uh, note in Chase's sack, and also. For freebies on the Unfiltered page, whenever YouTube lets me, I'm also posting the full live stream of the show. The full, unfiltered, unedited, complete. You, you mean whenever NBC or Fox yeah. lets you. Yeah. That's what, yeah. I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have any mail in that section? I open it up? Well, a full confession here, you know, be a... I usually post out the uh, the mail sack uh, letter, and I, I, I didn't do that today. The United States, when we make a mistake, we're honest about it. We own up to it. Uh, uh, I'm going to miss that guy. Good enough. I know. Right? I wonder. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. uh, so, okay. All right. Well, but no chase of sack this week. No, okay. But next week. But next week. You know we'll, what? In, you we'll know return. what? You know what people get in change, exchange? A shorter, a shorter Patreon segment. There you go. Which they always appreciate, <laughs> I'm sure. So we'll just leave it with at, at that, patreon.com slash unfilter. Thanks for all you guys who support us. We honestly, we, we genuinely appreciate it. Yeah. And when you guys send us your kind notes, Outside of it, or even inside Patreon, we read yeah. them, we see them. Yeah. Thank you so much. I get a lot of people usually like the couple of days or the day after on Filter Two hit hit me on Twitter, which is always really cool. Oh, saying, hey, oh yeah, yeah. we I, we get them all the time, and I try to respond when I can. And it's just it's it's very warming to have a, such an awesome community behind our show, and and, and that's that's the best part. All right, so let's move to the pipeline. Uh, let's give you some context to show you. Let you know what's going on. Some little drone footage. Very different views from the front line where protesters want the Dakota oil pipeline route moved away from the Standing Rock Reservation. There's no dispute. Earlier this week, in frigid weather, law enforcement sprayed demonstrators with powerful blasts of Needs water. Font. Police say demonstrators set fires and tried to storm past their roadblock. But protesters accuse police of dangerous tactics, not just the spraying, but firing concussion grenades, rubber bullets, and injuring hundreds of demonstrators. The father of Sophia Lewanski, a 21-year-old protester, says an explosion nearly cost his daughter her arm. Sophia is undergoing surgery. Wow. Yeah, it's the the, blow, the blowback, the private security, there's dogs there. Uh, we'll get to all of this. Clashes between police and North Dakota Access Pipelines protesters have again led to arrests and serious injuries after police used what have been described as riot control techniques against demonstrators. Absolutely. Protesters. Uh, they have look at those look at those mace jars. You see the size. Those are like those are those are the size of fire extinguishers. That's what you find at Costco. That's like the industrial <laughs> yeah, size. Yeah, the cop I mean, Costco. Costco size. Yeah, yeah. Military police Costco. The Standing Rock Indian Reservation in North Dakota are attempting to stop construction of a billion dollar pipeline. They believe the project could pollute the environment as well as destroy the tribe's sacred burial sites. Police have repeatedly used tear gas, rubber bullets, and water cannon to disperse the crowds. What are the 
activists described how they stood unarmed against the police, army and national guard who were all armed to the teeth. We are going up unarmed water protectors. I'm with my three-year-old daughter half the time going up against army national guard, police from seven different states, GS4 and Tiger Swan mercenary private private security. security. They're tier one, high level, highly trained, militarized, just back from Afghanistan and Iraq. Jesus. Mercenaries out there against us. That is, that's that's a very intense thing to think about. Now, I believe also there's some shenanigans as far as this pipeline going through the river when the Army Corps told them that would be illegal and they're still choosing to do it anyways. Uh, And... My issue that I, I've been running into and mm. trying to get more information about this, and I'm hoping we got more. Is, oh, yeah, we, we got more. Good, good. It is the fact that it's very hard to find out, is the protests uh, justified? You know, is 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 there really something going on? And the only reason why I ask that is you see protesting groups who will protest just to protest or to cause a disruption, not really go for the cause. And I think it's also likely that when anything gets this big and with this much attention, you get groups that might have outside funding or interests. Correct. And we've already, we've already seen that with Trump versus Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually happening now with, uh, with the uh, protest there, too. But yeah, let's look at a couple more clips and then let's ask that question. All right. Protesters near the Dakota Access Pipeline in North Dakota are ignoring orders to leave their camp despite bitter cold and snow. Michelle Miller is there and filed this a short time ago. Nora, the conditions here are simply brutal. That's why the governor of North Dakota says he has issued a mandatory evacuation for the more than 5,000 people who are camped out here wow. at the Achote Cohen camp. What we can tell you is some of the people we spoke with say they're not budging. The governor's order comes just days after the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which is managing the site, set a December 5th deadline for the protesters to leave the area for a safer location. The conditions there are just unbelievably well, cold. Well, it's, it's North Dakota. Yeah. I mean, it's basically Canada. Ask Noah. Yeah. I mean, it really yeah. is. It's, it's, this is what it is. And you're asking people who are natives to leave an area that they're already used to. They're already used to this cold. They're already used to this extreme kind of weather. For those that are from the area. From, from yeah. the area, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there are some of them are now building woodsheds with insulation right now. Oh, yeah. Nora, with that evacuation deadline just six days away, the Army Corps of Engineers and the Sheriff's Department here say they will not forcibly remove any of the people here from this camp. But as they like to be called, these water protectors, if they do stay, the Sheriff's Department says they stay at their own risk. Well, obviously. Well, yeah. Obviously. So uh, That's usually how life works. I want to get back to your core question. Just a couple yep. more. All right. Oh. Go! This is actually from a few weeks ago. This might have been how a lot of you first heard about the entire protest. Is when Amy Goodman well, I heard was uh, served a warrant. In other Dakota Access Pipeline news, last Thursday, Morton County, North Dakota, issued an arrest warrant for me. The charge, criminal trespass, a misdemeanor offense. The case, State of North Dakota versus Amy Goodman, stems from Democracy Now!'s coverage in North Dakota over Labor Day weekend. Now, this is where things start to get a little shitty. A corporation is working in hand with the local government to go after a journalist for doing her First Amendment duties. Right. They're also doing other things that we're going to get to that seem 
wholly unproportionately unjustified. Uh, in fact, they're going to give you an example of somebody who wasn't Amy Goodman, so they didn't benefit from the national coverage. Oh. ...of the Native American-led protests against the Dakota Access Pipeline. On Saturday, September 3rd, Democracy Now! filmed security guards working for the Dakota Access Pipeline company using dogs and pepper spray to attack protesters. These people are just we're threatening all of us with them, these dogs. And she, that woman over there, she was charging them and it bit somebody right in the face. The dog has blood in its nose and its mouth. And she's still standing here threatening. You can't Why are you running there to her dog? It's covered in blood. Democracy Now's video report. So that is, that is, I would say, a small example of the brutality they're using, for, wow. first of all. Went viral online. Our footage was rebroadcast on many outlets, including CBS, NBC, NPR.org, CNN, MSNBC, and Huffington Post. And, uh, also charged was Cody Hall for his alleged presence at the September 3rd land defense action. So here's your not-as-famous-as-Amy-Goodman example, where you can see... The state is coming down on an individual using his freedom to pro- to to to, um, to protest in a way he wasn't being violent. It was nonviolent protest in a way that is totally in compliance with his First Amendment rights. He was protesting and he gets arrested. And for a subsequent protest on September 6th, Hall is considered a lead organizer in the movement against the Dakota Access Pipeline and was arrested at one of the checkpoints that have been erected by North Dakota authorities to restrict access to the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation and the growing pipeline opposition camps. Hall was denied bail and remained in jail throughout the weekend. Hall's attorneys and several others we spoke to confirmed it's highly unusual for a defendant charged with misdemeanor trespass to be jailed and denied bail. This is yeah. this is it's it's an overreaction. Yeah. And uh, now uh, on top of this, so on top of that crackdown of the press, the FAA has just declared a no-fly zone over the area with certain with certain exceptions for certain allowed pre-arranged press. With Pre-declared no-fly times where they can operate freely with no overhead uh, sight. So now the FAA now the FAA is involved, and the problem is a huge part of the citizen journalism to keep this entire project in check has been drones. Drones have played an unbelievable part of this story, monitoring them, proving they're going in a direction that's illegal, proving they're going to go through the river. All of these things have been captured using drones. Exclusive footage distributed via YouTube and other platforms that have shown the company is lying, blatantly lying. And now the FAA declares a no-fly zone, shutting down a fundamental aspect of keeping this whole project in check. Well, it won't it won't stop those people from flying. <laughs> Probably not. No, no. And, and I hope it doesn't. I mean, there there's there's a right way and a wrong way. And what I'm what I'm trying to figure out is. Why is the the wrong way of like you know obviously these police checkpoints and these dot why, why is this even happening Why is this so, not even being allowed You know I've I've talked to a local I happen to know a local in the yeah, area Yeah and uh, and the sense that I've gotten from him is and I've seen this when I when I tune into their local news is locally whether it's right or wrong locally the story that's being propagated is 
the tribe just wants money. They had a chance to object, and they didn't object when they had a chance, and now they're doing this because they want money. But see, I heard a local uh, an interview uh, yesterday morning. Uh, Dave Ross from uh, Cairo Radio interviewed actually one of the uh, Indian chiefs of that area. And they say they have money sitting in the bank that they refuse to touch because they don't want money. They just don't want them there. I absolutely 100 percent believe it. There's, so I've been watching a lot of the YouTube videos that have been uploaded. There is a Native American from Spokane who's traveled over there and I've been following his coverage, which is really top-notch good stuff because he's just there on saying this is what's happening here. And uh, to me, they seem clearly peaceful. They clearly are there because they believe in their mission. And I think what is hard for people to wrap their head around is they're not doing it just for themselves. I honestly believe they are concerned about polluting not just their water supply in the future, but future generations as well. Because if it doesn't leak today for them, it may leak 20 years down the road. And frankly, if you look at the, the statistics of pipeline leaks that just came out, there is basically one a week in this country. Yeah, there's one leak a week, and, basically. And, and, and I was actually reading about the technology and the the, the oil itself, the, the raw crude. And what's going on is the the chemical composition of that actually uh, erodes and eats yep. away at the pipe. That's the thing. So there's, it's going to happen. A leak will occur. I heard of some crazy stat that like 17 million people get their eventually get their drinking water source from where this pipeline will be going through, or near where near where this pipeline is going through. Wow. That seems like a big number to gamble on when these things kind of have a high tendency to leak. All right. Um, I guess it's, 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 it probably plays into a – for a lot of the people that are there, Chase, I would imagine it plays into a much larger That's, philosophical debate. Well, is when do we just stop – when do we stop screwing future generations for today's generation to get cheaper access to fossil fuels and when do we start putting our efforts into something else? I would imagine a lot of them there are because they also believe in something bigger like switching to renewables, getting away from fossil fuels, not making sacrifices for these corporations' short-term gain. So why is it then this is not getting a lot of play? I mean, if this was happening in San Francisco, Los Angeles, a major media market, besides, you're, you would hear something. Besides this is the out keystone, nowhere. Besides the keystone. Yeah. What pipeline stories do? I mean, like, look at the Ukraine, right? The Ukraine is all about oil pipelines, and they never talk about it. They never talk about the pipeline situation in Ukraine. You'd have no idea that it's all about the pipelines. Right. Look at Syria. Or even just look at all of the pipelines that are already going through the states. Yeah. I really think the Keystone is a is a very rare exception in the pipeline discussion. Um, and so this is just getting – this is a bad situation because I don't think the mainstream media is all that motivated to report on oil companies. And I think there's a reason why it's Democracy Now! and RT and YouTubers that are reporting on this. I think, I think the, clear, the clear cutoff is people who are corporate funded by huge, huge ad revenue deals, they're ignoring the topic. And the, com- the, the businesses that are either crowdfunded, self-funded – um, or whatever, like whatever, whatever you want to call democracy now. I guess it's audience funded. Um, yeah. They're the ones going, and we're like us. We're talking about it now. If if we had anybody that's in the plastics business, really think about think about the tentacles of the oil industry. It's not just oh, it's on. Yeah, it's just not gasoline. just the BP and yeah. Shell ads yeah. that you see on CNN right. about how they're. I saw some crazy ad. I was watching CNN, and I saw some crazy ad about how uh, how uh, Shell is fighting malaria. 
like just this crazy puff piece for Shell and how they fight malaria. And it was an ad run on CNN. They have zero financial interest in covering this. They're doing it to an extent. And I I went and I explicitly tried to find a few clips for this show that were from CBS and more local media. Right. Because they are covering it to an extent. But it's such a small fraction of their coverage. And it's so disproportionate to the situation that's going on that I think it's given those of us who follow mainstream media a, a lack of understanding of how deep this goes. This story could be the only story we have covered for three months. You know, the interesting thing about this is what what happened, and we've talked about this kind of scenario before, what happens when you tell a group of people not to do something, stop doing it, don't do it? They continue to do it. Oh, buddy. And North Dakota's Bismarck Tribune reports that anyone delivering supplies to oil pipeline protesters could face fines. The threat comes from the local sheriff's office. Thousands of demonstrators are hunkered down. So what do you think? Now that they've said if you try to help these guys, that now now you know what's happening. There's there's funding pages propping up online. There's ways to donate and send supplies. Since that, they've doubled down on it. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah, And, and this is one of those situations where... The they're doing a peaceful protest. It's not like they're being violent out there. It's not like they're they're hurting people. I, I, I guess you could say, well, they're hurting people uh, uh, economically because the the company has the right blah 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 blah. That's why I want the clear picture about this. I I want to know what is the company saying about this. Are, are they being tight lipped? Or, or is there an official comment? There's. I mean, why isn't uh, representatives, uh, you know, state senators uh, stepping up Pushing. on this. I wonder if we're. I, I mean, I, what's going on? I have why? a sense, and I think this is why we're kind of moving it up to a main discussion. Is I have a sense this is either gonna, this is about to break either way right now. Right. Now we're talking about this on November thirtieth, two thousand sixteen, on a Wednesday. Yeah. By the time Friday rolls around, there could be some big stuff that's broken. That's so, true. Well, anyway, so this is crazy. So but we'll go back. Well, I'll go back to this clip here. A thousand dollar fine if you want to help any of these other human beings out. The threat comes from the local sheriff's office. Thousands of demonstrators are hunkered down. In the middle of a winter storm, they are ignoring the governor's mandatory evacuation order. <laughs> Some protesters say they will leave only if the controversial project to carry oil through four states is called off. So that is your map of the pipeline right there. Right. Uh, and you can see the point on the map that uh, people are contentious and, with. And, and really this proximity to the river in multiple points is probably concerning. It, I wouldn't even – I bet it – you know, look, you can see it crosses the river in two points here. But, but it runs along but the river. This this mapping of where the pipeline is wasn't the original plan of where this pipeline was going to be. Right, right, and that right. and that's and I wish CBS would overlay what the previous path was. That would be good. That would be nice. Michelle Miller is at one of the camps near Cannonball, North Dakota. Michelle, good morning. Good morning. Temperatures plunged here below freezing with a wind chill of 13 degrees. And although the governor has ordered the evacuations of every tent, every teepee, every yurt you see behind me, his office says he has no plans for a supply blockade. It was snowing then, it's snowing now. Joy Bronze says she arrived at the Oshetti Shikoan camp Come on, in. on April 1st. You cook here? Um... I have a little Coleman. Braun and her cousin Nathan Bison showed us where they're hunkering down from the elements. That old lady is a hundred times tougher than I am. Oh yeah, I'm not even shitting you. Any of us? I yeah. I don't. I I He's hardcore. I I got bitchy the other day, yesterday when it was like 40 degrees outside, and she's walking. It's unbelievable. You're telling me this is about the money? You think that? You think? I mean, no. You, I mean, I don't mean to be ages, but you the, think that old lady's doing this for the money? No, absolutely not. 
No, she because what she believes in. She believes in the fact that it's going to hurt her environment. It's going to hurt her tribe. It's going to hurt people. Including nearly 40 mile per hour winds and below freezing temperatures. That's how you start fire. With the help of a wood-burning stove. The governor is saying this is a dangerous way to live in these conditions. He sure didn't care when it was the same temperature as it is outside when he was fire hosing our people. He didn't care about it then, so why is he caring about it now? So when he says, move out, when he says, evacuate. He has no authority here. And are you going anywhere? And, no. that, and actually, that's fact. That This is tribal land. This is a sovereign nation. Look it up, folks. Not going anywhere. Bison says he relocated from Las Vegas to protest the Dakota Access Pipeline's construction. I quit my job to come up here. You, know, you did? Yeah, yeah, I put my whole family at stake here. Despite some violent clashes, Bison is one of thousands who have stood their ground at the site in recent months. I got to admit, part of me, I think if I didn't have kids, I think I would jump in the RV and go there. Bring, bring, and just see what's going on? Bring the drone, bring the mics, bring the camera, and just, I mean, do the show from there. Because, God, that'd be... That or I'd have to be able to fly, and then we'd have to raise a lot more money. Because yeah. then like, if I could fly, I could still make it back. Next Become time. a pilot. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. Many argue the project is threatening those who rely on the Missouri River for water and is treading on sacred land, a claim the company building the pipeline disputes. Energy Transfer Partners says there are more than 1,100-mile pipelines spanning from North Dakota to Illinois does not cross the Standing Rock Indian Reservation at any point. The pipeline is 92% complete. A remaining portion crosses under the Missouri River near the encampment. They will not stop our project. That's naive. CBS News spoke to the company's CEO, Kelsey Warren. Wow. I love how they just think about you know, the little people, they're just, they're not even a calculus for them. They're just naive. <sighs> young children. They're young children, Chase. They're young children. Imagine working for that company and you're thinking, yeah, that's my CEO. What a hell of a quote. I mean, there there are ways that as a leader of a company or just a leader in general, you can spin your your response in a way that you give respect but you're also obviously respecting your uh, your fellow employees and your company's vision and stuff. The way he did it was total dickish. Well, also, like, um, see, the thing is, if the Standing Rock Reservation gets their drinking water from this river and everybody downriver gets their drinking water or most of the people downriver get their drinking Guess water what? from this it's river. It's all contaminated. If, if it leaks up, up where it t- at any point where it crosses, everyone that drinks from this is screwed. See, that's the problem is it doesn't matter if you cross through their land or not. You're crossing through the water they drink and that shit's going to go downstream. Right. See, that's the yeah. problem. Yeah. But they're naive. <laughs> they're naive because they don't understand. The pipeline is 92% complete. A remaining portion crosses under the Missouri River near the encampment. They will not stop our project. That's naive. 
CBS News spoke to the God. company CEO, Kelsey Warren. Look at that piece of shit computer behind him, too. Like, give me a break. Earlier this month. We're not even crossing any Native American property. Baloney. Ron argues the land is tribal territory because of a treaty more than a century old. Anybody that says that the 1851 treaty is not valid today, then what? Then they don't believe in the United States Constitution. And what are they doing calling themselves an American? Oh. I like uh, I like Egg Shen's advice in the chat room. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm not an investor, so I can't advise you. But he says you should probably invest in water. <laughs> you can do that investing here seriously. Egg Shen from uh, Big Trouble Little China. Uh, right? Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, okay, friend. On Tuesday, the White House said that the president is being regularly briefed about the situation here, but the press office said it is not aware of what it calls any impending presidential actions at this point. Gail? The the tribal woman gave me an idea, and, and that is to research their treaty. Just like actually up here, you know, we have uh, there's the Point Elliott Treaty uh, that established a lot of the tribes here in Washington State uh, around the same time, actually. So I'm interested in this. I mean, I, I want to know. I mean, is it truly disputed? Overlap the boundary lines and see. And I want to see who's right and who's wrong. Doesn't here. matter though if you're water and why cross the river twice? Does it matter? It just seems like that's it's asking something's for, weird. That's asking yeah. for. It. Now, I got a I got a quick couple things on the recount stuff. Do you have any interest in talking about this? I'm a I you know what I think this is I don't know. I, I this might be Democrats cuz I know it's Jill Stein doing the whole thing, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this is more of a Democrat thing where Maybe they just want some closure. I, I, I don't know what they're trying to do nominee, here. Dr. Jill Stein joins me now. So, Dr. Stein, are you a crybaby and a loser? <laughs> Almost the intro clip. Holy crap. If this story mattered a little bit more, that would have been the intro clip. And I like how so straight-faced he said that, too. You know what I'm assuming is, is that earlier in the feed, he was reading a quote. Uh, right. Okay. Green Party presidential nominee, Dr. Jill Stein. Hi, welcome. So, Dr. Stein, are you a crybaby and a loser? Well, unfortunately, or shall we say fortunately, it's not about me. It's about the American people who emerged from this election as not happy campers. 80% of Americans, according to a New York Times poll, were disgusted by the conduct of the election. I'm starting to wow. wonder if Stein was a, was a Hillary operative all along. Could that be? Is that why we're not seeing Gary Johnson involved in this? Yeah. And even her own running mate says this is a bad idea. I mean, that I mean, seems interesting. It's not like she's going to win. Right. Sanders kind of punts. So Sanders got and asked. Yesterday, the Clinton campaign joined an effort started by Green Party candidate Jill Stein for an official recount in Wisconsin. Hillary Clinton's gener- general counsel said that they were doing this without any actionable evidence of hacking the voting system. Do you support that recount? <laughs> you got to bring it up, though. You got to keep bringing that up. It's know. taking place. The Green Party it's has taking place. the legal right to it's do taking it. Place. It's going to be huge. Almost every election, there's a recount. Uh, no one expects there to be profound change. But, but look, let's let's talk about Trump. Process. He's an asshole. The issue right now, it seems to me at this particular moment in American history, is whether Donald Trump. All right. So that's where Bernie's been. Bernie Sanders is toeing the line. Uh, but uh, Joe Scarborough on the uh, liberal MSNBC. Yeah. He's kind of laughing his ass off about yeah. this whole thing. But Hillary Clinton, you know that Hillary Clinton, who's now doing this, she left open her options. She's got no problem leaving open your options. you got to leave open your options. No, legally. she was very upset. She said this at the what? time. Now, remember, we talked about this. He refused to say that he would respect the results of this election. They made a lot of hay about that whole debate. I remember. Now, make no mistake. 
by doing that, he what? is threatening our democracy. <gasps> I'm sorry. Okay, hold on, hold on, no. hold on. Hold on, that's funny. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. All right, Join so, us now. No, he's threatening our democracy if he does exactly what she's doing on September that's 28th, which he said, I'm holding open my options and all legal rights. To, to challenge anything. I mean, they're going to try, they're gonna try to, to, to move this around. Look at Mika. Take what Donald Trump said. <laughs> look at her. Was leading, was Leo I'm going to drink water. She's exactly having a rough, look at her. She's having a rough time. I, mean, I haven't checked. Have you checked? Has Dana Milton <laughs> today me a headache, said? And, and You're I giving me a headache, Joe. Joe. Dana Milton Joe, shut up, Joe. Mark Halpern, because I know that he said you were a lackey for Trump for saying that. So they call out Hillary. <laughs> I know. It's just great. It's great. They're calling now, out now, Hillary. Now, to be fair, I, I think what Trump was getting at was challenging the the election itself the you know just you know something not not like a vote recount in a, in a state i don't i at least I, that's not the impression i got probably true yeah. so a couple more thoughts on this all right uh there is a wild rumor it started breaking really yesterday and i saw it light up on twitter and there's a theory about all of this about the recount about the no makeup did you hear about more hiking in Iraq? There's been more hiking trips. Did you know that? No. There's been there have been more hiking There's trips. More. And it's all oh leading. Oh my god. Yeah. More random encounters. Bookstores. More. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, and it's all same formula. People. Yep. People are uh, no secret service to be seen anytime. Yeah. Uh, people are beginning to form a theory chase. I'm going to bounce it off you and see what you okay. think. We'll do a little ass chase. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And we may now know what Hillary Clinton is really doing in the woods, in addition to taking selfies with fans. It turns out some say that she may be laying the groundwork for a third run in 2020. A former columnist for the National Review says her random viral encounters with so-called average voters may not be so spontaneous after all. Duh! The report also says that Clinton's campaign support for recounts in those three battleground states is all a part of a bigger plan. Hmm to keep her options open for 2020. Yeah. Can you imagine? A lot of momentum, a lot of wind yeah. in her back for that All right. one. Wow. So, so what do you think, Chase? So there's a couple couple things I want to address here. First thing I want to address is when they when they say, oh, maybe it's not so coincidence after all. Duh, I've been saying that here on the show. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. The second part is the possible run for 2020. I'll put, I'll buy that. I'll buy a little of that. And the reason why I'll buy that instead of sell it is because if let's say she did win, there's yeah she's going to go for a second term, right? So if she runs in 2020, that's like her in her mind second term. And if she feels healthy enough to run for that other you know, the second term of the second term or whatever, then yeah she she would make it. So I, I I buy it. Way too early to call. And why would you set the groundwork work this ahead of time? Again, I think I it know. all goes back to the Clintons retaining power. There's been some stories yeah. about uh, foundation backers that are like ah no thanks we're done. So I think there could be something to that. Trump's been making some stories. What the hell is he up to? I don't know what. <laughs> well, another tweet from the president-elect is raising a lot of eyebrows this week. Donald- Can you believe the shit he's been tweeting? I mean, yeah, like I'm, we, I'm, we, I'm, tw- we, we actually messaged each other. Like, I love Do it. You see this? I love it. I, I absolutely. Uh, uh, he just I, tweeted again. So I absolutely kidding. love it. it. It's just amazing to see somebody's going to hold this office saying these things. And what it, Chase and I have been speculating offline is. Will it continue once he's elected? And once you know, after inauguration day, will it continue? Donald Trump condemning burning of the American flag, a constitutionally protected act under the First Amendment. 
The president-elect writes, quote, nobody should be allowed to burn the American flag. If they do, there must be consequences, perhaps loss of citizenship or a year in jail. Let's get some reaction. from. That's amazing that, he, that the president would say that. President-elect. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> That's just, that is really that really blows my head off. Uh, I think this is an interesting rumor. Donald Trump's slate is packed full today, but the meeting with Petraeus, which we're expecting later on this afternoon or this evening, uh, is is one that could potentially be an opportunity for him to fill this Secretary of State position. That David Petraeus, a Secretary of State. Well, I, I've already heard uh, a little bit later this afternoon that he's a bit out of the running for it. Now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What about uh, what about Mitt? Trump had more talks. He's a finalist with Secretary of so, State. So, Mitt Romney. They had dinner with future White House chief of staff. Wow, I think and Rudy uh, Giuliani is the other one. I, oh my I, god! I, I really think it's going to be Mitt. That's that's what my gut's telling me. It's going to be Mitt. Well, there goes all of our cooperation with Russia. If Mitt goes in, and I'll tell you what else. Uh, I, I think I was actually, by the way, feeling optimistic about Petraeus. I was like, yeah. wow, he's back in the in the cycle. I mean, he's a bit of a, obviously a hawk, <laughs> but uh, he likes to jog. I don't know. I'm not so sure. At least he knows his stuff. Yeah. Romney, I don't get the sense. Of course, I didn't have the same sense. I didn't have the sense for Clinton either, but I don't get the sense that Romney is actually cut out for the job. See, as Secretary of State, you got to get your hands a little bit dirtier. So, uh, well, it's not a bad job to have because when you run for president, then you can say you've been to, you know, 100 plus countries. Can can we just get rid of this batch of of uh, of candidates? Why? How come why it had to be it our? How, why did it have to be yeah. our adult generation where we got stuck stuck with all of these losers? Yeah, it was in New York. The former GOP nominee who called Mr. Trump a phony and a fraud in the campaign said they had a wonderful evening. It's interesting that Rance Priebus is playing such a prominent role. I don't. If you're not, if you're just listening, Rance is sitting at the table. He's chief of staff, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. he's really gotten himself. Or he will be. Yeah. Discussions I've had with him have been. Uh, enlightening and interesting and, uh, and engaging. I've enjoyed them very, very much. Mr. Trump confirmed yesterday that he wants Congressman Tom Price to be Health and Human Services Secretary and former Labor Secretary Elaine Chow to head the Department of Transportation. Sources tell CBS News that President-elect will also nominate Steve Mnuchin as Treasury Secretary and billionaire investor Wilbur Ross as Commerce Secretary. All, um, all establishment, all all. All really safe, trend, you know, typical picks. Um, well, I was hearing this afternoon, and I, I jumped on the follow train uh, following our one of our state uh, representatives, uh, Kath, Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Spokane, Washington. Uh, Trump's looking at her for a cabinet-level position, too. And she was the one that uh, had the drinking issues. The, she needed more to drink. Wasn't it? Oh, really? Remember, she was the one yeah. that I thought she was going to be a running mate yeah. or something like that. Yeah, we we talked about it we, on one yeah. of our live coverages. Yeah. Uh, so also some interesting developments about Trump's business investments, and also check out Major, who just hates Trump. Major <laughs> Garrett hates Trump. Donald Trump <laughs> tweeted a short time ago that he will formally give up control of his business empire. He wrote this: "It is visually important as president to in no way have a conflict of interest." Major Garrett is covering the transition in the Secretary of State discussions and joins us with a latest on that now. Major, good morning. Good morning. President-elect Trump said in that string of tweets that he will... <laughs> hear the contempt? That string of tweets. ...have a press conference on December 15th to explain to the country exactly how he's going to unwind his connections to his business empire. Not- All right, so we'll, we'll stay tuned for that. Yeah. But that's an interesting Couple development weeks. happening. Yes. There. 
Um, yeah, that's really all I kind of had for the Trump stuff. I'm not. I, I I'm pretty disappointed with who he's picked so far. I my 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 whole thing about that is is just like. He he's going back to he you know the whole drain the swamp thing. It's not happening, obviously. No, it's a it's a Bush it's a Bush three administration. <laughs> three point yeah. Uh let's uh, let's let's lift it up. Let's let's raise the mood with a little high note. You want to okay. wrap it up on a high we note? We can buddy? wrap it up on a high note. I I like I like talking about CBD. I think CBD is magic. I think it's going to change the world as recreational marijuana takes off, and it could be huge for a bunch of different industries. And there's a growing pressure to allow NFL players to get at least some level of participation in research around CBD. Yeah, because right now, obviously, it's against not only oh, yeah. uh, federal law, but it's against the uh, league's uh, policy. Right. The NFL suspended a Buffalo Bills player for using medical marijuana as a treatment for his Crohn's disease. So he had a prescription from the doctor. Right. Offensive lineman Chantrell Henderson received his second suspension yesterday. The 10-game punishment will stretch into next season. Despite a growing number of states legalizing marijuana for both medical and recreational purposes, it is still a banned substance in the NFL. Dana Jacobson spoke with one player who's pushing for a change in the league. Dana, good morning. Good morning. Cannabidiol, or CBD, is a compound that actually comes from the marijuana plant. It contains so little THC, that's the psychoactive component of pot, it's manufactured Manufacturers claim it technically doesn't even qualify as marijuana under federal law. Wow. It's helped control seizures among some children with epilepsy, but we don't know if it can help protect athletes' brains from traumatic injuries. One NFL player told us, though, he would like to find out. I started playing football when I was seven. Uh, I'm 27, so that's 20 years. 20 years of hits like this. So let's talk about, uh, you know, there's a, there's a... There's a there's a push. There's more and more of a push. This isn't the first time we've we've seen no, the story, no. uh, but uh, the the real the real sort of catch twenty two here, if you'll use such a stupid cliche, is uh, there really could be a benefit to players, but they can't find out until the players can try CBD. So they're stuck. Like the NFL's response is, "Well, trust us. Our first priority See, is the health and safety I, of honestly, our players." I think this is a big problem for the NFL. They're they're walking a rope, and I, I think what's going and to happen. Don't you think with recent like headlines about head yeah, injuries and stuff, no, they no, should no, be no, super careful? You're right, but there's there's more involved here. The NFL is outside of like probably NASCAR is the biggest thing in the United States, uh, one of the strongest sports leagues in the world. And if they legalize or not, I wouldn't say legalize, if they allow it through their policy, right, the use, okay, until federal law is changed, they're basically advocating for something that is illegal. And I don't think the NFL wants to get involved with that game, especially when you have big money coming in from uh, beer providers, from pharmaceutical companies, all that stuff. So I think the flip side to that is, boy, wouldn't it be a game changer if the NFL allowed research on CBD? If they use this federal loophole that says, well, technically CBD has so little THC in it that it isn't. And that actually could be legit. That's true. That they could get away with that. So what if the NFL goes in there and says all of a sudden, sorry, I have my foot on your thing. Uh, that's right. If this, what if all of a sudden the NFL says, all right, we'll allow limited CBD research. This could be a game changer for public health. So at the same time, the NFL could look at it from, well, this could actually make this a more sustainable sport for us. That's true. Uh, and, and so I think until they resolve this conflict, they've either got to say, yes, players' health is a priority for us, so we're allowing CBD research, or they've got to say players' health is a, is, is a priority for us, but only to a certain extent. 
for any one person? Is it going to be more helpful than harmful? And how you study the impact of a drug on NFL players when they aren't allowed to use it is the quandary for supporters like Derek Morgan. What do you want the NFL to do in regards to medical marijuana? The NFL prioritizes player health and safety, but when you prioritize player health and safety and you say that and you proclaim that that's one of your main initiatives, you have to look into everything that's out there. And cannabis has been something that has been showing promising results. The NFL Players Association has formed a committee to study alternative forms of pain management. Morgan is planning to serve on that committee. But for now, there's no clear timeline on if or even when CBD or any form of marijuana might become an acceptable option to protect NFL players' brains and also deal with pain management. I think Charlie's asleep. (laughs) Look at him, right? The issue for Charlie here, too, is I think they're using a wide-angle lens. He does a lot. And it just looks, it makes him look like he's rail thin. Sounds like a big old catch-22, is it? It, it is. And, and there are a couple things here. First of all, it's the idea of the stigma that is behind marijuana and still remains behind marijuana. And does the NFL want to get out in front of it? And also, we heard it in the piece there. They need more research on both sides. But the researchers say we need the players to actually be able to participate in this, uh, but yeah. they can't participate <laughs> in it because it's it's a banned substance right now in the league. Interesting. Yet it's still legal in many places. It is. Yeah, it's, it's almost half the teams in the NFL right now have either medical or recreational marijuana as legal. In there. That's interesting. Yeah, this, you, this whole blurring of, and I know it's a blur of state and federal legality, and you know they say, well, it's illegal, it's legal in these states, but the, it's not legal, and and you know, and that's part of the problem with these players is, you know, it's crazy because meanwhile they can get hooked on oxy, and that's totally fine. That's that's the worst part of this. Yeah, oxy. That's and, their and, other option. That's yeah, their legal option. Right. And I don't think uh, maybe if you're not in maybe you know we don't maybe even appreciate uh, how much pain these people are in either. Oh, it's it's incredible how they are able to basically destroy themselves and then come back the next week and, and do it again. CBD specifically, it isn't about getting high. That's really the tragedy. Well, of it. and it's you, uh, you know from from what I read, it's not about smoking. It's about pills. It's about yeah. Uh, yeah. creams and patches. You know things. You know like that. Uh, my my lady, uh, she runs an acupuncture clinic, and uh, she has a lot of her patients showing up saying that uh, they are using acupuncture and CBD for pain management, yeah. and they're getting off of drugs. And she's like, "Oh, that's interesting." Like you know, a year ago, and she says, "Now it's it's just happening all the time. People are telling me about it all the time. It's really taking off." Wow. Uh, so there's there's the pain management and CBDs that I think they could research. Then there's the aspect of the taxes that are generated when you just go illegal. And so Denver has a real problem with homeless, and it's cold in Denver. And so they've been doing this sweeping in Denver. Okay. Sweeping is code for. They go up to the the, the people like uh, I think it's like just like uh, I don't know if it's cops or waste management. They well, go they up do to it here. I mean, they do. Yeah. So, so they go what, up to the homeless and they just take all their shit. No, no. Well, like for example, they needed to clear out an area underneath I five. Yeah. Downtown Seattle. They call it the jungle, but it's a, it's a green belt. And what they did is, you know, they they would go in there with social workers, with uh, members from the Union Gospel Mission, and what they would do is they they talk to the homeless and they say, hey, you know, we want to help you get out of the street. You know, there's there's shelters, and what happens more often than not, 
Some people do take the assistance, but more often than not, the people that are homeless here, at least here, they they're there by choice. Actually, they, the clip talks about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and they 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 don't want to be a part of any shelter because that means they have to follow rules, and yeah. they don't want to have to do that. And the shelters suck, and right. the people there are messed up. But eventually, what happens is, yeah, they they clear clear them out, they they clean the area, and they return the property back to the owner. Yeah, so it's a but it's a pretty shitty it's a pretty shitty public relations nightmare, and it, so it's it's rough. So Denver's got an idea. Okay, you know they got all this pot money. And they're like, well, what if we took some of this pop money and used it to do something with all these homeless? The governor wants to do something about the growing homeless population here, especially now that the winter weather is hitting and sweeps of our streets continue. He wants to use pot tax money to help those who are living on our streets. So this clip goes into a little bit of the details of the uh, amount of money they want, which I don't know. It doesn't seem like a big a portion for how much money they're making. Kaz lives on the streets and says the sweeps are pushing those who are homeless to the limits. These people are angry. All of their things, all of their homes, their clothes, anything warm they have are being taken and thrown in the garbage because, what, we don't make a dollar? We don't profit Denver? But a new plan announced by Governor John Hickenlooper would put over $16 million in marijuana tax revenue toward permanent housing, among other incentives. Over $130 million were collected in the first nine months of 2016, which is money set aside for law enforcement, health care, and substance abuse programs. But those living on the streets say so many prefer to be on the streets over a shelter. Yeah, and, and, and that's the unfortunate thing because... Of that kind of a situation, a lot of people don't want the housing, and and I think the the big argument it's even happening here in Seattle, where the homeless population has gone up so dramatically because a lot of people see Seattle as a place. Well, hey, they're not going to kick me off the street. I think it's just going to. I think for a lot it, of it's people, gonna it's going to get worse as the middle class is getting squished more. Yeah. So the idea of taking the tax revenue from pot and allocating some of that money towards solving the problem, whatever the solution eventually becomes. I think it's actually pretty sound. I don't know what the right amount is. I don't know what the right solution is, but it seems like a good way to raise funds. It doesn't involve giving me a ticket. Right. doesn't involve property yeah. taxes. That's true. And let's be honest, probably the homeless, are the, when they do get some cash, they're buying pot. So in a way- <laughs> It's a cycle. It's It kind of makes sense. Oh, $16 million isn't much, and it's a it's going to be a drop in the bucket for how much money they're going to the be way, making Seattle, from taxes and Seattle tiers. alone spends, I think, $60 million a year. You know what? That's also it's all going to be a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Uh, the tax revenue from this stuff is going to be going to be huge. Well, once it goes nationwide, then man, there there's the money. Follow it. You know, Chase, we have the overtime coming up. So if you'd like more news, I got some current events. I got some. I got actually a little more cyber coming up too. All awesome. kinds of stuff. All right. As well as television's most awkward moment this week. Now, Chris, I have a, si- a side question for you. Sure. Obviously, you you have your new project underway. I do. Yeah. I've been seeing you tweet out. Yeah. Uh, your updates. Where can people go to find out your new videos that you're pushing out? Check out my personal YouTube page, YouTube.com/slash Chris Fisher, putting daily videos out now, until did next you week. edit all that or yeah, yeah. that is awesome good thank stuff you. Man. thank nice you yeah job. i think it's some of my best work so i really like people to check it out nice job buddy so mr Nunes, where can people find you online? at Nunes n-u-n-e-s oh. by the way tweet at me i'm gonna be in california this weekend and i'm gonna have a lot of time on my hands oh, snap. yeah so uh tweet at me all right you can find me at chris LAS network at jupiter signal and we'll see you right back here next, next week, week.
Despite the rumors you've heard, it is true. The show is not over, not even close. It's overtime time for episode 215, which is brought to you by our fantastic patrons at patreon.com slash unfilter. Thanks, guys. Okay, so I want to say thank you right off the top to our new patrons since last week. <laughs> oh, I like this. I like we got a wise guy in the group. This is good. This is good. So a big thank you to Ben, Cody, Robert, and last first, wise guy. Also to Nick Dot. Whoever that is, Nick.jpg. You guys are all a bunch of wisecrackers. I like it. Thank you for being our new supporters. Now, we could use more support at patreon.com slash unfilter. Just before I got on air, I was thinking about how great it would be if we could up that a bit and maybe push things to a whole other level that we've never even really considered going to before. So we could really use your support. Now, let's get into some of our overtime clips. I wanted to do like a little brief cyber in the overtime. Stuff that wasn't like... uh Hard enough to really go in the tight news sex section at the top of the show, but perhaps still worth looking at. I like looking at this from a couple of different pieces. First of all, it looks like a native ad for PayPal. And second of all, when you're watching this, ask yourself, do they really do they really have this operation center they claim to, or is it all just all just a puff piece? I'll leave it to you to decide. This is, uh, of course, in light of Cyber Monday. So all these stories are in the context of protecting you online think about that too by the way before i play this this is all about making you feel safe about spending your money during cyber monday so there's that's sort of the background of this story sure cyber monday could land in the record books retailers are projected to report online sales of nearly 3.4 billion dollars for yesterday that is up 10 percent from last year internet sales through the whole holiday season could soar to more than 91 billion dollars online payment giant paypal expects a more than 40 percent growth in total payment volume over last year only on cbs this morning john blackstone only got a tour of paypal's command center in san jose california where they're trying to Make sure cyber criminals are kept at bay. John, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Well, we're here in the demo area at PayPal headquarters with an inside look at how the company handles transactions from around the world. PayPal offers consumers a way to pay online without revealing their personal information to retailers. Now, you wonder, why is he walking? Why? Because, you know, um, that's more complicated, especially with larger cameras. Or if you have to go handheld, it's hard to do a steady shot. So why is he walking? Well, because there's a huge gimmick that he's walking over to. He's he's sort of more like meandering over to this huge gimmick, which is this giant touchscreen where supposedly PayPal is representing all of the real-time transactions around the world. It's like these fake threat maps that we've seen some of these uh, cyber companies put together that supposedly are using sensors all over the Internet to monitor real-time attacks and then render it in some sort of – browser uh, session that is uh, is supposed to convince you that you're watching the internet warfare in real time. 
Same concept here with this map. These are the purchases going around the Internet in real time. But all the Cyber Monday payments represented on this globe Uh have to be kept safe and out of the hands of cyber thieves. Oh, this is a part of our technology operations. This is PayPal's command center where purchases are monitored around the world. And around the clock. So they, for you audio listeners, they've got a uh, couple of rows of computers, your typical like a uh, couple of horizontal monitors, a couple of vertical monitors, a uh, bunch of Cisco or something like that type phones. Um, then, then they have like almost like a NASA like screen that wraps the, the the front of the room, which is a long room with uh, a bunch of uh, graphs. And then above that, they have clocks, digital clocks. That are set to the different time zones that they are monitoring. You know, this is, and they even have like a lamp. Like it's not just like a lamp. It's like a it's like a desk lamp on an arm, and it's a ring light. Like like it looks like a donut shape because it's this is a high tech facility. Also, the keen eyed, and you will notice that on their vertical monitors they have Slack, and they appear to be on Macs, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then they have a smattering of laptops down on their tables as well. So they have like these huge screens up with like spreadsheets on the on the horizontal monitor and then slack on the vertical monitors and then they have macbooks on their desks this is like a, a space shot uh, mission control it looks like <laughs> it is exactly it is my favorite place mj austin is a technology executive at paypal we have risk models that we have gotten better and better over the years from all the learning that we've done to identify when we are seeing fraudulent transactions it's cyber monday and the team is monitoring a torrent of financial activity so we're in a conference room now a bunch of macbooks again they're all hooked up sitting at the table so it's a whole group of uh uh, let me see. Let me back it up here. It looks like mostly uh, all gentlemen. And uh, then in the background on the wall, it looks like your most boring, typical corporate conference room. And then on the back room, in the back wall, they have the PayPal logo with the words command center underneath it. Torrent of financial activity in 100 currencies and in over 200 countries. Then they have uh, two large uh, plasma screens in the room, again with those same dashboards. And on the other side of a glass pane is that operations room, where up on one of their large screens, they apparently have a CNN feed because of, I guess PayPal's monitoring CNN as if that's as if that's this seems like a big showboat to me. So somebody, a human staring at a screen there gets a notice. Hey, you better check up on this. This looks a little fishy. That's exactly what happens. There's a bunch of smarts behind the actual monitoring. Smarts. And through that monitoring, we're able to highlight only those things that seem unusual. But the sheer volume of transactions makes combating cyber crime a daunting task. Oh. On Cyber Monday 2015, PayPal processed $25,000 a second. So much traffic, PayPal's website crashed. We had a couple of uh, small intermittent uh, outages no during bigs. that time. Don't but put this the in reality the is that most talk about this. customers were not at all impacted. No, it's not a big deal. PayPal was also one of the companies that shut down last month after hackers struck a company whose servers root internet traffic. The hack also infiltrated devices like webcams, smart clocks, and digital recorders. What? CNET editor-at-large, Tim Stevens. It's basically like a lot of attackers knocking at the door of the bank. They're not necessarily getting into the bank. But they're preventing anybody else from getting into the bank. So ultimately, it's not necessarily a question of data being exposed or customers being at risk or their data being at risk. It's just that service itself being shut down. Random vague statement about DDoSes. PayPal says no customer information was stolen. Still, Stevens wonders about the future. 
The next evolution <laughs> of this attack is ultimately more devices. As more and more of these smart devices are going forward, they're going to be compromised in new ways. He's not even talking about PayPal. This interview with Tim Stevens was conducted before this PayPal pit, uh, piece was put together. He's speaking about DDoSes, and they're cutting it in like he's talking about PayPal. That sucks for Tim Stevens. Cyber Monday following Thanksgiving is, of course, an American creation, which is why PayPal shows all these transactions in North America. But look at this. Here's all the Cyber Monday transactions PayPal tracked in Europe and Asia. Cyber Monday has become a worldwide shopping holiday. Nora? John, thank you. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. It says to me, PayPal ain't playing around. And I think it's great. That's what this whole bit says. This whole piece. It's not a bit. This whole... This whole package says that PayPal ain't playing around, and so that's why they've gotten CBS in there. And then you guys are lapping it up and then pooping it out and serving it back up to us. It says to me, PayPal ain't playing around. Yeah. And I think it's great that they took took us in so they could show us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we're doing over here. What were you going to say? I mean, it looks like it's in the inside of NASA it or does, something. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. She said Perfect. it's her favorite place in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. There you go. <laughs> So uh, that's uh, CBS's uh, point on point uh, cyber coverage. And then uh, NBC, they went a different route. And I wasn't sure where they were going at first. I thought at first, I thought at first they were talking about cyber attacks while you're shopping online. But then I think they took it a totally different direction. They pivoted. And I hit pause on the clip and I said, you know, what? I'm going to save this for the overtime and I'll watch it with the overtime audience at the same time. So I don't actually know where this clip goes, but I think it takes a strange twist. Cyber Monday zooming towards a new record. Americans now on pace to spend a whopping $3.4 billion online today. Money, money, money. Up 9% from last year. Media loves the money. Mobile is the driving force. More than half of online shoppers use tablets or smartphones. But as a record number of orders from Amazon and other online retailers fly out the door, there is growing concern this year that those packages make it safely into your hands. Porch prowlers caught on camera preferring packages in broad daylight. What? What? Porch pirates? We are tired of stuff happening on our street. One woman posing as a mother with a baby in a stroller, swiping a shipment from a San Francisco home. She hides it, then walks away. That baby, really a dog. They're going onto people's property, seeing that people are away, they're at work, you know, two family incomes, people are working longer, dark this time of the year, and they take packages. 23 million Americans have had packages stolen before they could open them, according to Bankrate. Experts recommend to keep your order safe, redirect packages to a secure location, what? an Amazon locker or a FedEx office. Ugh. Use smart gadgets for your home. A video doorbell-like ring has a camera that keeps ads, an eye on ads, your front step at ads, all times, ads, even ads. texting when there's someone at the door. A smart garage door opener from Chamberlain, which you can control from anywhere to allow a delivery person to make a drop-off inside. A sensor device, like the package guard, it sounds an alarm if someone takes a parcel off a motion-detecting plate. With more oh deliveries this year than ever before, smart technology ensuring those precious gifts make it into the right hands. Jolene Kent, NBC News, Robbinsville, New Jersey. You know, I that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, porch pirates from pilfering your packages. <laughs> they really wrote that? That's ridiculous. Ugh. Let's move on to some real news. That's <laughs> just so stupid. This is, uh, actually, there's a little bit of business going down in both North Korea and South Korea. So let's start with North Korea. 
alert the U.N. Security Council hitting North Korea with new sanctions targeting its exports. The move, even endorsed by China, is in response to the regime's latest nuclear test. It's something the United States push for. In the meantime, in South Korea, the president is facing mounting pressure to resign over a corruption scandal. Political turmoil there is a particular concern to the U.S. The South Korean president has been a staunch U.S. ally, promised to house advanced American missile defense technology, and that promise may fall apart if she steps down. That's a big may, but it's something we're watching. We have some 30,000 U.S. service members stationed in South Korea that's just across the border from the nuclear-armed North. Joining me now, Gordon Chang, the author of Nuclear Show down North Korea takes on the world and an Asia analyst. So a few different parts of the story, a lot of moving parts, in fact. But the news of the t today is the U.N. The U.S. wanted to pass this resolution. They were able to get it through with the support of China. You still have some questions about its efficacy. Why is that? Well, these rules, as good as they are, mean nothing if China doesn't enforce them. And why should China enforce them? You know, they engage in these blatant violations of the old sanctions and the one before that and the one before that, and we don't call them out. So it's a really up to us because we have not held China accountable. And this president and the one before him really have failed the American people in this regard. So Republican president and a Democrat president. What about Mr. Trump, President-elect Trump? How does he hold China accountable? Well, this is going to be fascinating because a lot of people right now are saying, look, Mr. Trump, don't engage in a trade war with China. Don't punish them for trade violations because we need their cooperation on North Korea. I think that that is exactly the wrong thing to do because that's what we've been doing since 2003 when mm. the Bush administration looked to China to solve this problem for us. Mm -hmm. And China used its role, its central role in negotiations to give the North Koreans the one thing they needed most to make themselves a real threat, which is time. We have not imposed costs on China for really destructive behavior with regard to North Korea, such as pr uh, proliferating missile technology, nuclear weapons technology. And so at some point, we've got to change tack. So there is uh, the news about North Korea. Now, what do you say? We change tack and go to the news about South Korea. South Korea's embattled president now saying she will resign if parliament comes up with a plan for the wow. orderly transition of power. Massive protests taking place, calling for her to step down. More than a million sometimes in the streets. Lawmakers are preparing articles of impeachment. She's suspected of allowing a close friend to use their relationship in a corrupt influence peddling scheme. That's the accusation. You mean, you mean like what Hillary Clinton does? Is that what? Is, uh, uh, what? Let's do more current news. We have the uh, Ohio State attack. Let's start with some of the coverage of that. We have several pedestrians struck by a vehicle. A chaotic scene at Ohio State University this morning. Shots fired, one down. Students just getting back to class after the long holiday weekend when the university tweeted a shelter-in-place alert at 9.56 a.m. Just six minutes later, another more urgent alert. The 60,000-student campus was locked down. Images emerging of students barricaded in classrooms as authorities tried to secure the scene and surrounding buildings. And I heard five or six gunshots going off and then 
sirens. I was going to class and just saw people were running and was nervous. Eyewitness Nicole Kreinbrink was walking to her first class when she saw a gray car plow into people on the sidewalk. This car just swerved and just hit, like ran into the whole group of people and it hit a cop really bad and I could tell he was in a lot of pain. Suspect came out of the car with a knife, started swinging at students. Police say it was a deliberate act. After hitting pedestrians, the suspect cut multiple individuals. The officer engaged the suspect and shot and killed the suspect. All right, so that's a lot of information coming at us. So let's get a little more updated report because uh, that's boy, that was like a shotgun of information. He was interviewed by the school newspaper, and we showed the picture right. of uh, this individual, Abdul Razak Ali Artan, the 18-year-old Somali permanent resident of the United States. There you see it. He says in this article uh, that appeared uh, not that long ago, I just transferred from Columbus State, a community college. We had prayer rooms, like actual rooms, where we could go to pray because we Muslims have to pray five times a day. Then he goes on and says this. He says, wow. I wanted to pray in the open, but I was kind of scared with everything going on in the media. I'm a Muslim. It's not what the media portrays me to be. If, if people look at me, a Muslim praying, I don't know what they're going to think, what's going to happen. But I- Of course, this is what they, they focus on, right? And then here is uh, another sort of along the same line story. So we are also learning some new details about the apparent lone wolf terrorist attack mm, at Ohio State University that we watched unfold live here yeah, yesterday morning. Right. Abdul Razak Ali Artan plowed into several people, first with his car, climbed out of his car and began going after people with a butcher's knife. Remember, initially oh, we thought it was a, a shooting. That- right. Oh, hmm. Hmm. A knife. A butcher's knife it was playing out at uh, the Ohio State University, but so uh, the, uh, the 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 nation of the brave and the free considers a kid with a butcher's knife to be a lone wolf terrorist. That doesn't sound very brave. Authorities are now looking into his Facebook posts, where he reportedly ranted about oh, treatment yeah. of Muslims around the world. Could you imagine? If uh, I was ever framed for something, they, they, all of the material they could cite from this podcast, the 215 episodes <laughs> uh, that they could claim. Uh, oh, my gosh. Chief Intelligence Correspondent Catherine Herridge looking into all of this, of course, from Washington for us this morning. Catherine, good morning. Well, thank you, Martha. Fox News confirming in the last hour that there was a reference to the American-born cleric Anwar al-Awlaki. Oh, now listen. As soon as we get al-Awlaki in here, you got to start dropping the memes. This is Newspeak 101. If you're going to mention uh, Alwar Alaki, then you got to mention Inspire. You have to mention From the Grave. You have to – there are words that are mandatory in your Newspeak handbook. So let's back up and see if Kath, Catherine here uh, checks those boxes. Chat room, please pay attention. Again, we're going to be looking for um, the word Inspire because that is a subtle sort of um, sneaky reference to the Inspire magazine. That Alwaki supposedly published, that supposedly has inspired all of these attacks and all of these weapons makings. When there's a lot of, there is a lot. You just go. You can go. go I don't have any links in the show notes. This is sort of off the top of my head. But there is, there is a lot of people out there that believe the entire handbook was made by the CIA, the CIA as bait, so they could see who downloaded it and spread it around. It's a PDF. It's always been distributed as a PDF. It's not even a magazine. They call it a magazine. Um, and you have to say from beyond the grave. You have to say that 
you have to tie it back into Alawaki because, if I recall correctly, he was one of the first U.S. citizens we droned. Somebody maybe could double-check that for me in the chat room. And so we have to go back to this constantly, especially during the Obama administration. While it's still in office, we have to keep justifying the death of the American citizen that we droned. So let's watch Catherine here and make sure that Catherine Heritage gets all of the new speak points from her handbook. Again, we're looking for Inspire, uh, from Beyond the, beyond the Grave, uh, um, uh, Weaponized, or Lone Wolf would all be good. But when we're talking about Alaki, we really got to be careful here. So let's see. And if anybody in the chat room could double check, I think he might have been the first U.S. citizen we droned. The last hour that there was a reference to the American-born cleric Anwar Al-Alaki okay. in the suspect's social media postings, referring to the cleric as a hero. This is significant, and we're told deeply concerning for investigators because it's another piece of evidence suggesting Artan was self-radicalized. Okay, self-radicalized. Fox's ongoing reporting has shown that Alaki, who was killed in a 2011 CIA drone strike, <laughs> is the is. father of the digital jihad, and his radical teachings are consumed by those who follow Al-Qaeda as well as ISIS. Artan drove a car into good. a crowd of students and then got out wielding a knife. Both of these methods were recently promoted by ISIS online, and investigators were told are working on the premise that it was not a coincidence. <laughs> and last night's vigil, students described the moment it went down. Noise. I heard a loud bang, and I saw a huge cloud of like dust. People were like really running and like really screaming. I'm like, oh, this is like something's going on. And uh, then I heard the three gunshots, and from about that same area. Now he wasn't the one shooting the gun. Remember, according to what Catherine just said, he was inspired by uh, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Al-Waki from the grave. Although she didn't say from the grave, which I was hoping for, um, to do this attack. So are they, are they encouraging him to use a knife? What is it? Is it the driving people over thing? Two law enforcement sources also tell Fox News that Artan came into the United States as a Somali refugee and was granted status as a legal permanent resident. In August, Ohio State student newspaper The Lantern, and this is where the photo is from, ran an interview with Artan who identified himself as a Muslim. He said he was looking for a place to pray openly and worried about how it would be received. We're also told this morning that there's no evidence he had help and the FBI has possession right now of his electronics and they're getting the necessary authorities to look through them oh. for any of his social media activity and what he was reading online, Martha. That might be interesting if the phone's encrypted. We'll see if we hear more about that. And then I have one last report. I'm a little disappointed uh, we didn't get our uh, uh, al talking points in. Uh, Catherine's feeling sick, though. You could hear it in her voice. Maybe that's why. Uh, joining us now, our chief intelligence correspondent, Catherine Harris, who's been standing by listening to the news conference along with us as we were mining it for any headlines. And there's this is our most up-to-date report as of uh, today going on the air. Still seems to be more questions uh, than answers at this time, Catherine. But let's just start bit by bit. What about the question of whether or not this individual had any help? What did you hear in some of the answers that were provided today? Mm-hmm. Well, what we've heard at that news conference and what we know f- through our own reporting here at Fox News is that there's no evidence at this time that there was any assistance mm-hmm. in the planning of this attack or that there was outside direction from a terrorist group like ISIS in Iraq and Syria. In okay. fact, all of the evidence based on what we just heard and our own reporting here at Fox News points to someone who was self-radicalized mm. by consuming this ideology on the web, either ISIS but in particular this American cleric Anwar al-Awlaki who was killed by the CIA in a drone strike but he has really gone on to inspire oh, people to on behalf of terrorism uh, from the grave. Oh. The other thing is- <laughs> I got a double! I got a double! <laughs> that 
is awesome. That is so. That is so awesome. You got it all in there, like in one sentence. Boy, she, I bet, I bet when she got off, they're like, Catherine. Next time you do this segment, you got to get these talking points. And so she just she banged them all out in a single sentence. <laughs> points to someone who was self radicalized by consuming this ideology on the web, either ISIS, but in particular this American cleric Anwar Alalaki, who was killed by the CIA in a drone strike. But he has really gone on to inspire people. Oh my to act God! On behalf of terrorism. Uh, from the grave. The other she thing got it all. Jumped- she got the drone strike. She got the American cleric. She got she got it all. She that is that has got to be one of the best news speak sentences all episode. I mean, how can you top that? How can you possibly one more time? I won't do it again. But this is a piece of news speak art. Catherine freaking heritage, everybody. CIA asset herself. I am impressed. What we just heard and our own reporting here at Fox News points to someone who was self-radicalized by consuming this ideology on the web, either ISIS, but in particular, this American cleric, Anwar Al-Awlaki, who was killed by the CIA in a drone strike, but he has really gone on to inspire people to act. (laughs) You hear the emphasis that she put on inspire, too? Good. She is so good. She is so good. She got the prop thing down. And, you know, she's sick, too. She's sick and she's still doing it. I know I said I wouldn't do it again. But I'm just going to do the inspire part again because listen to that emphasis. This girl is great. By the CIA in a drone strike, but he has really gone on to inspire people to act on behalf <laughs> of terrorism uh, from the grave. The other thing that jumped out at me from the news conference is that they're trying to pinpoint his actions on the day of the attack. And there's a several hour gap between the time that he purchased a knife at Walmart, which may have been the knife that he used in the attack, and then the arrival on the campus there. So they're looking to fill in that time. Line, but everything at this point points to someone who was inspired, but they're not oh, calling it terrorism at this stage, Jenna. Talk to us a little bit about mm-hmm. um, the investigation and how it goes from here, Catherine, based on mm-hmm. your sources, because mm-hmm. I'm sure some mm-hmm. of our viewers are listening. She's a mm-hummer. She's an mm-hummer. She doesn't need to be. She should know better than that. And saying, wait a minute, okay, we're knowing about mm-hmm. this cleric on where we're locked. We've heard about it before. Right. We know mm-hmm. about the Facebook post. <laughs> what is there to investigate? Why That's such reticence from calling it what it seems to be? Well, I can't speak for the FBI, but that jumped out at me from the news conference as well, saying that it's too soon to call it terrorism. In some cases, it may depend on how you're defining. They always say that. They always say that now. They always say that. So that way it sounds more official when they do say it's terrorism. There you go. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. That was so good, though. I almost want to watch the whole thing. Oh, oh, actually. Hold on. They do get back to Alaki. Looks on the like. premise that there was probably a connection, and then also hold on, let's back up a little bit here of this propaganda, and they do so at very okay, short hold on. notice. Hold so on, this, this jumped is... out at me from the news conference Maybe we'll let as it well, keep going. saying that it's too soon to call it terrorism. In some cases, it may depend on how you're defining uh, terrorism. Some people see a very high threshold where there's a certain amount of planning and that there's direction from overseas, and then there are those who I would say are in the middle of the spectrum where they become radicalized. 
analyzed and they search on the web for the tools they need to launch the attack. So, for example, learning how to make yeah. an improvised explosive device. Right. And then there are those who in the are of your mom. simply inspired to act oh. because they are consumers of this propaganda. And they do so at very short notice. So there's a broad spectrum. Give me a picture of Alaki. Come on. look at the facts here. They're saying there's evidence that he was a consumer of this ISIS propaganda uh-huh. in the last two weeks. Now, when Alaki was killed, ISIS wasn't a name. Maybe, maybe the people were saying Daesh over in the Middle East. But it, all of a sudden, you notice what they're doing here is they're saying Alaki, who was supposedly an al-Qaeda propaganda specialist, is now all of a sudden ISIS propaganda. ISIS put out propaganda calling for attacks using vehicles as weapons, also for using knife attacks. And my contacts say they did not think this was a coincidence. They were working on the premise that there was probably a connection. And then also this consumption of propaganda from the American cleric Anwar al-Awlaki. And I can't emphasize to people enough that this is the common thread that you see in almost all of these successful domestic terrorism plots. How convenient! How convenient! It must be because that PDF is being distributed so wild, just all wildfire on the uh, on the ISIS dark web that there, everybody's getting copies of it. People who have no technical sophistication can probably and I don't mean to be mean, but let's be honest, most average consumers, especially the ones that seem to be making these kinds of choices, are below average computer te- um, uh, technical uh, skill set. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not like uh, they're not they're not like uh, system administrators, developers and engineers that are building computers. They're generally consumers of social media. They generally have really stupid things on their social profiles that anybody who's even remotely aware of how these services work never would, would never post on there. They uh, they, den- they generally demonstrate this is probably a better way to put it. They generally demonstrate a lack of fundamental understanding of computers and technology. But yet somehow the people that are are willing to just basically convict themselves on Facebook by posting things that are unbelievably stupid to say in a, in a public forum, these are also the same people that are supposedly savvy enough to use custom encryption, figure out how to get on Tor, figure out how to find ISIS forums on Tor, which I can't even find. Then they, they find this Inspire magazine PDF. They download it somehow. I'm assuming they even have a PDF viewer installed. They must, right? Then they open up this PDF. They get inspired to build a bomb in the kitchen of their mom. And then they go out and attack. And then there's this, there's this amazing thread that every time Fox News or CNN interviews a government official about these attacks, they always say, yeah, they were using Alaki's uh, playbook. Yep, that inspired guy. They, were, they, 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 they wink, wink, inspired. Fired the attack. <laughs> they, they inspired the attack. <laughs> uh, 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 the, uh. And then they just gobble it up. They just, or, or they just, they just repeat it, even though they know it's bullcrap. But if you think about the premise in which they are asking you to accept, it is preposterous. It's preposterous for us to accept these people, based on their online activity that becomes public after they commit one of these crimes. They're asking us to accept that these people at the same time make those kinds of mistakes but have the technical savvy to do something that probably the majority of the people in our audience don't know how to do off the very top of their head. This audience 
and this is probably something I should double down on, you really need to think about this because to you, these kinds of things might be simple. Oh, I just go get the Tor browser bundle and I'd be online in five seconds. What's the big deal, Chris? I can even get it on my Android. It's no big deal. This is easy. <laughs> they can do this. Yes, to you. To you, it's easy. It's easy to you. It's, it's easy to us. Most people don't even know what the hell Tor is. Not a, not not a not the faintest idea that such a thing even exists, how it came to be, and what kinds of things are on it. They don't even know, they they don't they don't even know that thing exists. But yet we are to accept that they have gone from not only knowing it exists, but learning how to get access to it, navigate it, acquire information, get that information, utilize that information, go out and get the supplies, and execute an attack. And it's all because this one American cleric published a PDF online. And they just, oh, yeah, there's a common thread, it's a common thread, it's a common thread. Bullshit. And, and then also this consumption of propaganda from the American cleric Anwar Alalaki. And I can't emphasize to people enough that this is the common thread that you see in almost all of these successful domestic terrorism plots in the United States. And what most people don't realize is that Anwar Alalaki was in U.S. custody in 2002 until he was let go with the say-so of an FBI agent. So we had this guy, we <laughs> let him go, and he went on to become really the godfather of the digital jihad that ISIS has so successfully exploited. The godfather of the digital jihad. The godfather of the digital... Now, when the chat room was linking, because I asked the chat room a little bit ago, I said, hey, chat room, could you double check on my right? Was this the guy we droned? He was in America. Yeah, well, of course, now that's obvious by these clips now, as we continue to play them out. Uh, but when the chat room linked uh, the uh, the information here, it doesn't say he was an ISIS cleric. It doesn't say he was an ISIS propaganda. It doesn't say any of that. It says it talks about it talks about Al Qaeda. It talks about the big bad Al Qaeda in here. It doesn't talk about ISIS. It talks about Al Qaeda in Yemen. But now all of a sudden, it's a tool of ISIS propaganda. This is all being twisted around. And meanwhile, the only real propaganda is the propaganda coming from Fox News. This is the common thread that you see in almost all of these successful domestic terrorism plots in the United States. And what most people don't realize is that Anwar al-Awlaki was in U.S. custody in 2002 until he was let go with the say-so of an FBI agent. So we had this guy, we let him go, and he went on to become really the godfather of the digital jihad that ISIS has so successfully exploited. Wow, she's on fire. And that Alaki to this she's day, five years after his death, he still inspires people with that message of hate. And it looks like that was also the case here. She implied from the grave there. Come on, give it to me. She did it again in the same clip. Fortunately, at Ohio State, Jenna. You certainly want to underscore mm -hmm. that point because oh, yeah. Alaki and yeah, Al-Qaeda were focusing a lot on mm -hmm. ISIS. But as we mentioned, the ideologies cross over. And at a certain point... Correct. Yeah. So we're just mixing and matching. Who cares? So regardless of the name or the title of yeah. the group, it is what it is. It's scary propaganda. Brew, right. Basically. There you go. 45 <laughs> seconds left, Catherine. But I know um, uh, the Department of Homeland Security, the Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, did make some comments on this today. What can you share with their viewers about that? That is, that's a real shit sandwich of a clip. There's a lot of propaganda. Well, you know, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, it's all the same. It's either ISIS or Russia these days. Most of the time, when it gets to the big stuff, it's Russia.
Now, the European Parliament has adopted a resolution seeking to counteract propaganda by third parties, propaganda. which places Russia and ISIL on the same footing in terms of perceived international oh. threats. Artis Peter Oliver has been following the debate, now joining us live from Berlin. Uh, Peter, why does the bloc Hello. want to counter Hello. Russian media? Well, you're off script, aren't you? Well, why they want to why they want to do that we'll come to in just a moment but what we do know is that they've certainly voted in favor of this motion um, in this favor of this resolution to counter EU anti-EU propaganda by third parties 304 MEPs saying they were in favor of it 179 uh, saying they were against it with 208 abstentions now I was listening to the debate last night on this particular question um, and some of it was rather venomous when it came to Russia. We are at war with Russia. We are on a collision course with each other, traveling faster than a jet fighter. Russia has tried to damage the EU. The enemy is pushing his narrative hard. The Kremlin wants to split Europe. It forces its information into our countries. What the Russians and extremists don't like is freedom. Russia and ISIS share the same aim. They're toxic. Well, how the resolution will be worded in its final form is still yet to be revealed. Uh, we can expect that in probably around an hour or so's time. Um, but a lot of people did also voice their, well, they weren't unhappiness, really, with the way that Russia was lumped in in one sentence uh, with ISIS, with the Islamic State. Many saying that to lump in a terrorist organization with a sovereign state just wasn't the way that European politics should be done. I'm surprised by the totalitarian trend that's taken hold in European institutions. There is no Russian propaganda, just a number of people who remind us of reality, a reality that's not accepted by the European Parliament. We've reached a level of ridiculousness where we put Daesh and Russia on the same threat level in our reports. We're losing our grip on reality and sense of reason. It's so bizarre, and it's hard to know whether to laugh or cry. Well, in the debate on Tuesday evening, RT was mentioned twice by name. Uh, we're still waiting, of course, to find out the exact wording of the resolution that has been adopted by the European Parliament. But certainly it does seem that we're coming more and more under the spotlight by them. <laughs> Thank you for that. We uh, do know that a uh, similar report calling to single out and challenge individuals who actually appear in the Russian media is now being debated at the UK Parliament. Let's cross over to our UK. Now stop there. Isn't it interesting to watch RT sort of twist and contort? Because there's a lot of crap going on right now towards Russia. Of course, they feel compelled to respond. But they try to do it in a very news way. It's fascinating. It's been, it's been also odd. Odd watching The Morning Joe recently. I don't normally do this. But I can't help it now because... I don't know, they're, they're just saying stuff that none of the other liberal media is saying. So it's, this clip, this clip is case in point. This is, 
this is worth watching a few crappy hours on MSNBC to find you guys a gem like this. Republicans are taking over Congress. They are taking over the White House. But Republicans do not have majority support in this country. The majority of voters <laughs> supported Democratic Senate candidates over Republican ones. Now, <clears throat> I don't want you guys to take this like I'm anti-Elizabeth Warren. I know some of you guys are really hot. Ah, for a little bit. I was even. I wasn't even talking about it actually. No, I know some of you guys really like her. You you would have loved a Bernie uh, Elizabeth Warren ticket. I I, I think uh, Hillary may have gotten more votes if she would have ran with Elizabeth Warren. But Elizabeth Warren, she is. I feel like she's aiming for a bigger thing. I feel like she's aiming for the presidency, and so she's taken on this very aggressive stance when she sort of decided she was going to line up with Trump. All right. <laughs> Line up with Hillary against Trump. She sort of went into like angry Elizabeth Warren mode. I expected that to pass after the election, and it hasn't. This is this is this is current. This is yesterday. And the majority supported a Democratic presidential candidate over a Republican one. The American people didn't give Democrats majority support so we could come back to Washington and play dead. They didn't send us here to whimper, whine, or grovel. Mike, well, there, yeah, every yeah, day, she, every day, she's clearly a candidate every for president day. of the United States. She's clearly running for president, and good for her. And she leads a, a significant portion of the Democratic Party. The interesting thing is going to be to see if there's a Chuck Schumer party in the Senate and an Elizabeth Warren party in the Senate. I think that's extremely interesting because if if there is a split like that, that could mean that. The Democrats' power could be split from within, too, which would be a very weak position for them. That's, yeah. that's going to be interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you look who they're looking at, uh, Willie, for the head of the DNC. Keith Ellison. And Keith Ellison. And if you have Keith Ellison and you have Elizabeth Warren, who's stepping out and basically looking like she's going to be the de facto head of the Democratic yeah. Party nationally, that is a... Do you lead on anger, though? Because that doesn't seem very constructive to me. This is really interesting. Now, listen to how far she goes. And you, if a man was to say about what she's about to say, I think it would be a huge controversy. I think it's extremely interesting they're putting this out there. And you got to wonder what's this all about. Because that doesn't seem very constructive to me. She's, i got to tell you, I love her. I'm getting tired of this act. She's oh, definitely giving voice to act? the people in the party and in the country who think Donald Trump is a disaster for the yeah, country. Yeah, well, you know, she's there's a out huge part of the country that doesn't think right. so. And she might want to be a little inclusive because she's sounding like the people she's accusing of being exclusive. So inclusive. She's not being inclusive. I mean, she's just got to stop. I'm sorry. It's getting exhausting. And this was not helpful during the campaign. It wasn't. There's an anger there that was shrill and and shrill. Um, a step above what it needed to be, unmeasured and almost unhinged. Unmeasured, unhinged, shrill. Could you imagine if a man said that about Elizabeth Warren on national television? It's getting exhausting. And this was not helpful during the campaign. It wasn't. There's an anger there that was shrill wow. and, and um, a step above what it needed to be, unmeasured and almost unhinged. It's not going to work. At some point, we have to look at what, what happened and look at the people who we lost along the way. Those are the people that Elizabeth Warren has been fighting for for decades. Those are the people who've been left out because of a rigged system. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, your good friend and buddy, Fidel Castro, died. 
And this is a clip of his brother announcing this on television. How surreal is that? I find that to be I find that to be uh, very um, grounding in this about this story is watching that that particular aspect of it. Uh, there's also uh, this clip. News of Fidel's death came down on Cuba on a Friday night. Somber mood overpowered otherwise festive Cuban capital. This is the iconic Malacan waterfront. It's now empty, which is unprecedented. Across the sea, there were celebrations, though. For them, Castro is a symbol of the oppression. They hope that after his death, globalization comes to Cuba in full force. They're celebrating. This is the way we wanted to see him, dead, because he killed a lot of innocent people and divided families. So there's uh, some of that going on. Of course, back in the capital, it's not all uh, happy, but uh, here in the U.S., so there will be two days of tributes beginning in Cuba today to remember Fidel Castro. But in Miami, Cuban-Americans are celebrating the brutal dictator's death. Many exiles hoping that this will be a chance for political change. Yeah, there were Trump signs in the crowd there in Cuba, yes, and hats. After decades of Castro rule. Rick Leventhal, live from Miami with the latest on that part of the story. So, Rick, what's it been like in Miami since the news of his death? A lot of loud music and some honking horns. Relatively quiet here this morning, but we do expect things will heat up uh, here at Cafe Versailles, which has long been popular with the Cuban exile community, not just for its Cafe Cubano and Empanadas, but this is a, a gathering place and a rallying place whenever there is big news back home. And obviously there was that news Friday night with the death of Fidel Castro. the feeling that uh, Turkey's Erdogan is totally losing his shit? Listen to this threat that he just lobbed at the EU. NATO member. Unbelievable. President Erdogan has warned that Turkey could open its borders, enabling migrants to flow into the European Union. What? When 50,000 refugees turned up at the border gate, you said... What will we do when Turkey opens the border gates? Look, if you go further, those border gates will be opened. You should know that. Wow! That statement came after the European Parliament MEPs voted in favour of a temporary halt to EU membership talks with Turkey. A freeze in the more than 10-year-old talks was initiated following, a, quote, the disproportionate and repressive measures taken by Ankara after July's failed coup. <laughs> yeah, we've been covering that. That dude is losing his S, and now he's lobbying threats at the EU. If they prevent his membership, what kind of sense does that make? It doesn't even make any. Doesn't even make any sense. Just as a guiding principle, does the president or does the administration believe that somebody who's had 
severe classification issues for which they've been convicted should hold senior positions in the United States government? Look, I, I think every president is going to have to decide for themselves uh, what kind of person uh, can best serve them and the country uh, in senior roles in the administration. And President Obama obviously took that responsibility very seriously uh, and assembled a team that he's quite proud of uh, to serve him and the country. Uh, and the president has spoken at some length about how proud he is that oh. uh, there hasn't been a major personal scandal uh, in his administration, <laughs> that the kind of people that he has chosen to serve uh, in high-profile, influential positions in his administration uh, have uh, done so. Remember how uh, that whole uh, running guns across the Mexican border thing has just totally been forgotten? That was really one of the first like big Obama scandals that I was like, oh, he's totally going to get away with this stuff. Yeah, he said no scandals. Yeah. No personal scandals. As I, we haven't caught him putting his dick in anybody's mouth, but running guns. That's another story. All right, uh, I have a last clip here. Actually, I, I'll, you know what? I'm going to play a little bit of this clip because it's, ah, no. No, I'll leave in the supporters. It's very funny. It's a Today host losing his ass over these uh, folks that uh, stopped a robbery. But instead, I want to end on... <laughs> You know, I love to make fun of the media. <laughs> I can't help it. And we're calling this uh, in the Unfiltered Production crew the longest awkward pause on television in a long time. I ask you about an interview that you just did because so many people know Q-Tip, uh, the rapper. Yeah. And you spoke with him. You asked him if he would give Donald Trump a chance as president. And here's part of his answer to you. Tell me they've got it, so we'll just wait one second. Here we go. <laughs> <There> we go. <laughs> Awkward. Oh, man. Hey, you know what? It happens to the best of us. I mean, it doesn't happen here at Jupiter Broadcasting, but it I guess it happens to the less than the best of us. Oh, thank you for joining us this week. If you made it this far, you rock, and you have now gotten your information diet for the week. You are free to veg out and watch entertainment until next week's Unfilter. If you got a little value, made you think, learned about something new, or just maybe heard a different perspective and want to hear more, you can support us at patreon.com slash unfilter. Don't forget we're live on Wednesdays. Make sure you keep that calendar tabbed because you never know with changes with the holidays. So keep up to date at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. And don't forget the subreddit, unfilter.reddit.com. Thanks for joining us. See you back here next week. Get it out of here. Hello, everybody. going to dignify that with an answer. I say balderdash. What's driving me crazy is that photo right there. Zoom in on that. It's one of those cops in a black uniform with a mustache. And you just look like an absolute clown freak who works for murdering terrorists that jack our food and water. I think you're a big joke. Oh, you got a mustache. I'll just worship you. Oh, you got a mustache. It's okay. Nothing against mustaches. That's how we go. That's how we roll. No, 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 no